This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. This is the Limitless Keith Lee, and I'm here to ask you to stop what you're doing. Take just one moment and bask in the glory of the Busted Wide Open podcast. Mwah. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts... Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 244. My name is Nick Howell. And paying tribute to the bravest ref I've ever seen work a match, sending condolences to his wife. Uh, of course, I'm referring to the referee for the AEW Pat Puppy Battle Royale. Rest in peace, buddy. You served well. My name is Sir Ian Dangerous, and welcome to the show. Welcome to Busted Wide Open. That's right. Your one-stop shop for all of the graphs, all of the news, all of the opinions that you need. For professional wrestling. That's right. We got to talk about AEW Fighter Fest Night 2 today, Nick. We got to talk about NXT's Great American Bash Night 2. We got to talk about the Puppy Battle Royale. Oh, yeah. We got to, I guess we got to talk about SmackDown. They had a show, sort of. I mean, there was something on TV last night on Fox that somewhat (sighs) resembled a wrestling show attempt. Yeah, I, I it was it seemed like a pre-vacation. Let's throw something together, but we'll talk about that when yeah. we get to it because we've also got to get to a Dominion preview. That's right, New Japan had its uh, New Japan Cup final last night. Uh, things happened. <laughs> things done happened at that show, and Dominion just got a lot more interesting. Dominion, of course, happening tonight slash tomorrow morning, depending on where you are. Oh boy. It's going to be a good one. Uh, we got to talk about that as well. So, Nick, we have a lot to get to today. So we cannot dawdle. No dawdling. A lot of big news. But first, we got to do a little housekeeping, and then we can get into the meat of the show. Yes. Uh, before I get into the housekeeping, there is just one thing that I need to say. Oh. Go on. Uh, yes, guys, come over and join us in Discord. Make sure you can come find us over there. In in can't hear what I just played, but you guys can, so now he knows what I'm talking about. Yep. Uh, <laughs> make sure you come find us in Discord, get into live chats all throughout the week. I'm going to use that all day today because <laughs> you guys you know, know why. why. We'll talk you about that why. later. 
Uh, um, uh, oh, God, I can't even do with a housekeeper. Discord, uh, get into the on. Facebook group. Uh, you can uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. Make sure you're subscribed right here on YouTube and got your notifications set to all when we stream live every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern. Plus, we're going to be doing our patron mailbag sort of AMA episode after this yeah. show directly. So stick around for that. You don't want to miss that. As Ian said, we have a ton of, ton of wrestling to get. Oh, patrons. I can't. God, why don't, don't forget the I, I should do patrons first. You know what? From oh, now on, you guys get to go first. Patreon goes first. first. Patreon.com slash BWO. Patrons, you guys are the reason that we continue to do what we do. Thank you guys so much for all of your support constantly. Every single month mm-hmm. as we love, love, love doing this show. You guys are absolutely everything to us. Thank you guys so much. We are on the race to 100 patrons. I think we're sitting right around 70 right now. Yeah. So we let's let's put some goals out there. Ian, we got to cook something up. Hey, patrons. Oh, boy. Phenomenal ones. I think it's it's my turn to take one on the chin this time, isn't it? Uh, More or less, you could put it that way. If having a Nia Jax cutout behind <sighs> me is, uh, is considered... A, Taking it on the chin, I guess. Uh, sure, but yeah, like we, a show. I have, to, I have to do a show dressed as Tai Chi, or something like that. Ooh, that'd be a good one for a hundred up, hundred patrons. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but guys, if you'd like to get in on some of those exclusives, it is the best way to support the show. Head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those awesome reward tiers. Get into the patron pickums for SummerSlam that's going to be coming up. Uh, access to the show notes for every single episode. Bonus episodes, Skype calls, all kinds of good stuff over at patreon.com slash BWO. Whew. Do not forget, <laughs> we are back doing BWO Daily all week. This week, we've been back doing that. And if you're subscribed to the YouTube channel, it is the only place to find it. Make sure you're checking in every day at 5 p.m. Eastern. We're premiering a brand new episode of the day's news in the world yep. of the graps. So come and find us over on YouTube if you're just listening to the audio later and not here live with us. Hello, chat. Hello, guys. How Hello, are you, ladies lovely and chatters. Gents, how are you doing today? Happy Saturday. Thank you ladies for joining us live. <laughs> but Ian, let's go talk about the graps because we got a lot of it to blow through. And Lots. we are going to kick things off with AEW Fighter Fest Night 2. Well, let's start with the main event, Le Champion, Chris Jericho oh! versus versus Orange Cassidy. No, he's from, he's Canadian. He's not French. He just speaks French. Oh. You don't think they, oh, oh, oh. they don't have oh, 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 in, <laughs> in Canada. Le Champion. Uh, le so, Champion. Yeah. Uh, le Poisson. So Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy. I'm sorry. This one has been coming for a little bit. They've been building this for a while. The, this was an interesting one to me because it looked like they were going towards Chris Jericho and Mike Tyson, and then that just kind of didn't happen. Uh, so they did a quick pivot and went to Orange Cassidy. And they had their match finally last uh, last Wednesday night, and it was a damn good match, Nick. Yeah, I think a lot a of people have been orange. sleeping on the old, old Orange. Well, and, uh, Orange Cassidy Maybe tried. not quite he sure tried. what uh, what he's capable of, but as you guys saw, that guy can go. He, we kind of knew that from he he'd shown the little hints of it before in the match with with Pack and everything. This he went the entire match, spent the first half getting beat up, and then it kind of went back and forth between him and Jericho at the end. Ultimately, though, uh, he just Jericho caught him out despite all the interference from uh, ringside with Santana and Ortiz. They ended up getting chased off by uh, best friends after they sprayed orange juice in, in Cassidy's face and hit him with a mad ball and. 
all kinds of other shenanigans. They leave, and it's just down to, to Cassidy and Jericho. Cassidy goes for a Superman punch, eats a Judas effect. One, two, three, that's your match. Cassidy looks like a champ going down in defeat, but he, he took it to Jericho big time. But here is my problem. Oh. Orange Cassidy is an act that doesn't work without a real crowd. And the friends and family and co-workers that they had there were fine. They added some ambient noise, but you didn't have the pops that you would have had for some of the stuff that happened in this match without an actual crowd. And now the thing that I worry about is they've spent the Orange Cassidy gimmick. Mm. I feel like this was Jericho wanting to get some rub off of Cassidy, give him a shot at the main event. He was Cassidy was their hottest commodity. I'm not going to say he isn't anymore. You know, we won't know that till the crowds come back. But you know, the, the, he can only try so many times before you go. Okay, cool. It's it's a it's a build to a release that they just released, and now how do you get the cat back in the bag? Yeah. I mean, he still you know, did so, the little the little shin kicks and the fun things and the rev up and no, all that. Nick, you no, you you hit it on the head. He did the shin kicks and he paid off several months worth of build on that where he at the one point Jericho's getting up he's staggering and Cassidy comes in with his hands in his pockets and does a little like shin kicks and backs up also like he's going to do his little like shin kick super kick like he's like he's mocking him but he changes up the last second when Jericho doesn't expect it and super kicks him in the face that would have been the biggest pop of the entire match if they'd done this in front of a crowd because he paid off all this time making us believe that he would just you know end with the with the super kick to the shins and then he gives a real super kick and nails Jericho, knocks him down. Yeah, that would have been such a huge pop moment. It's spent now. Mm. You can't put you can't put that genie back in the bottle. That magical moment is gone, and you can't get it back. And with Cassidy, it is, the, and this is the thing I've been saying about him since the beginning: is he's a great character, and it's it's there's a lot of magic there. But they have to be careful because the fans are fickle, and the jokes get old quick. Mm. And on the indies, Cassidy found a lot of ways to kind of keep it fresh and fun, do funny things and everything. But having him go all out against Jericho here, I feel it undermines his character a little bit. And it means that next time that we see him come out and be slothful, we're like, well, we know you can go. Why don't you? Uh, I don't know if I'm there yet. I don't know if I'm that concerned about this yet. This was an interesting look. I like the double character sort of dynamic. Um, I like the fact that uh, I like that he can do both and I like that he times it right. And it's when he comes out with the best friends as a ringside sidekick, he's a little goofy. He'll get in and interfere. He'll do fun, funny stuff that pops the crowd and like being pulled out on a ladder from underneath the ring, for example. Sure. But when he gets into the ring, he can actually go. It's not sure. just a joke. I, I like that about his character and his gimmick. I like that. It's both. It's two faced in a way. Um, so I'm not, I don't think, I think, uh, yeah, you're totally right about not having the fans there, but I still popped. I still thought it was funny. Millions of people at home. Well, 700 and something thousand people at home, I should say still think it's funny. The problem so, is they didn't be all, they all tuned out and went to the main event of NXT. If well, you look at the ratings, AEW went meow by the end, they started off really strong. They were really strong during the tag match. And then they died out by the end. The orange Cassidy Jericho main event did not outdraw what was a much bigger main event over on NXT. I was going to say, and deservedly yes, so. Well, it was a bigger main event, but the problem is is that it, you know, there's only one winner, and Orange Cassidy did not outdraw that. 
True. And that's being that's that's seen by analysts as not being a main eventer. You can't draw. You can't draw. Yeah. So here we are with Orange Cassidy. He has a main event against Jericho and doesn't draw from people at home, and they're stuck at home. They're not in the stands. So that's that's the issue with this. So I'm I I worry for Orange Cassidy. I worry that it, worry that it's too easy to spend his his gimmick, if you know what I'm saying. So I'm nervous about it after this. Obviously, I thought this was a great match. It was a great main event, and Jericho did a good job, and Orange Cassidy did a good job. But I worry about Orange Cassidy's future after this. They've got to reset him, put it back to zero, have him just do funny shit for a while, and then build back up to this when people have forgotten that he can do this, yeah. if you know what I mean. I, like, I totally do. Just, totally agree with you. And have him run so. around with the best friends some more. Exactly. Uh, yeah. The other question people have been saying is, should Jericho have put over OC? Should should Orange Cassidy have beaten Jericho here as a way of kind of like anointing him or or giving him a, a you know, like, yeah, you're the main event now, kid. Or was this the right ending? I think that he should have, that Orange Cassidy should have won. Really? I, I do think he should have won. There was no title in the picture. It was There wasn't a lot of stakes around it. Jericho can eat that loss, you know, and it just embroils a feud with the best friends and Jericho and Santana and Ortiz, and you get another little sort of mini mm-hmm. feud out of it. I'm, I'd be okay. There's no title in the picture. I think what it would do is, I mean, we're not short of tag teams in AEW. So there's really not a need for, you know, at one point, best friends were the number one contenders for, for Page and Omega. And we're seeing that landscape shift a little bit, which we're going to talk about here in just a second. But I, I think that would be the only logical way to come out of that sort of situation if Cassidy had gone over it, is it, it turns into some sort of blood feud. And Santana and Ortiz <laughs> have matches against best friends and, you know, blood orange feud. Blood feud! Anyway, I, 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 I think I, it could have worked. I disagree. I think Jericho should have won here. Uh, Cassidy's not as big of a draw or an event as Jericho is. He, the Cassidy got his by looking good against Jericho in this match. Yeah. But Jericho needs to be kept strong. Jericho has beaten people like Tanahashi and Naito and Kenny Omega like... George Cassidy's not beating Jericho. Well, I, I think Butters he just summed it up perfectly in the chat. He said even uh, Keith Lee and Adam Cole would have even outdrawn Cage versus Moxley for the AEW championship. No, they're, the best thing that they could have done was keep Cage and Moxley for next week. Yeah. <laughs> like that was very, very smart. Murdered. That was going to get murdered. Like Moxley just got cleared, uh, I think, yesterday. So they, you know, it, it was late. It was after the fact, but they were not. <laughs> they were not out trying and it also versus- might confirm a suspicion we've kind of had for a long time is that it's the same people flipping channels back and forth uh it caught it, it's why it's the numbers are the same you know i i've i've often thought that it's it's a lot of channel flipping happening or a picture in picture or a back and forth between the i two. don't know that's <laughs> all i know is that mrs tv show cannonball outdrew both aew and nxt this week <laughs> oh no! They got that fifty-five that, and up yeah, demo. Not by much, not by much, by like a, by, by by like twenty thousand or something. But it's still like oh, uh. oh, oh, oh. But you know what? We were actually we were actually blessed if you were watching AEW because we did have one of the best tag matches of the year: Young Bucks and FTR versus the Butcher, the Blade, and the Lucha Brothers. Good lord! I'm a, uh, I'm a testifier right here. As Ricky Morton Oof. said, this was a Rembrandt painting of a tag match. Uh, all of these guys were just on their game. If you don't like spot fests, you might have been grumble, grumble, grumble. But as Ricky Morton said, like 
hey, man, times change. What is expected of these kinds of things change. And if you didn't get at least some entertainment out of this match, then I don't know what to tell you. You might not like wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. you might not. If you found nothing to enjoy here. Uh, all of these guys put in the work. You had a ton of like little subtle storytelling going on. Uh, you had some insane moves. There was a Canadian destroyer off the top rope onto a group of people on the outside. I don't even know what I saw. I, I had to rewind it a bunch of times and just go, uh, uh, what, what? Ray Phoenix, man. That's, oh, it good was, Lord. Ray Phoenix, good Lord. Uh, uh, Nick Jackson and Ray Phoenix also did like a simultaneous jump up. What was it? Uh, it, was a, was it was a Spanish fly, wasn't it? Off the top. I've, unreal. No. I'm, unreal. Ugh. But the story of the match was, could FTR and Young Bucks get along? And the, and the answer was, yes, for the most part. They didn't like tagging each other in. But it seemed to work for the most part. However, at the end, Matt missed Pentagon Jr., kicked, uh, I think, Dax in the face, and uh, ended up taking a one of those combo moves from the Lucha Brothers and gets put down for the one, two, three. Um, LB driver or whatever they're calling it now, I think is... Yeah, they, they Miedo driver, whatever. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the tag pile driver. Right. But put Matt down for good, and Lucha Brothers and Butcher and Blade win. They win this match, which is surprising considering the FTR and Bucks are the ones they're facing. Um, but at the end, the Bucks and FTR seem like they were back on the same page again. Everything's cool. What are we looking at here? Are we, are we going for FTR and Bucks in the near future, or are they just showing? Is this, they're play, are they playing the long game here, Nick? Yeah. And they're trying to show us that they can work together, but they don't necessarily like each other, but they can work together for now. Yeah. Friend, what do you think happening? close, here? enemies closer kind of thing. But you were you were the one who was saying that like by September we were going to have Bucks versus FTR. Oh, Does yeah. that seem too soon now, or do you think they can still pull that off? No, they can still pull that off. Uh, it depends on if I mean, what are we going to do for All Out in September? I'm I'm thinking about things like that. Like, what's the next big AEW pay per view we're going to get to? I think it's All Out in a couple of months. So we'll see. Um, I still think it's totally possible. Uh, Chris, 1978, with five bucks in the Ooh. super chat, said this match was fire, fire. Hey. It was. Fire. It totally it was, was. It had it, it had all of the favorites. It had all of the favorite spots. You guys know I'm a huge mark for tag team wrestling. Just <laughs> they're they're doing it right in, in AEW. I have Jesus. zero complaints about this match. It's good to see Pentagon and Ray Phoenix back. Um, more on TV. Man, this I show, missed them. This show really showed, and last week too, but it showed just how freaking deep their tag division is. Good lord! Yep, it's unreal. And like you when you step division, back and look at it, you got infinite singles possibilities in there as well, and that's the, and they the and they utilize that WWE that. doesn't quite grasp. So uh, well, they know. do it kind of the they do it kind of the other way around, right? Like literally opposite of that. We got a literally. bunch of singles guys, so we can do a bunch of tag teams. If Let's you just want. throw them together. They'll, them together. they'll get it, pal. They'll understand. Yeah. And it's and it's a great way of looking at it is that you've got people that are in tag teams that can be singles wrestlers and it's almost interchangeable. Where like if Scorpio Sky or Kazarian steps out from SCU, or Dark Order's got how many different iterations that it can do, uh, or if Mark Quinn goes and has a singles match against Cody, it doesn't lessen the tag team or the singles wrestler. You just understand that it's a singles wrestler who's also a tag wrestler. Yeah, they they're they're serving both masters. Yeah, and and also it means that you have this absolutely insane depth where you can have four absolutely world class tag teams go balls to the wall and have an insane match like this one, and then still have two other tag matches on the show. 
that are awesome with top-level tag teams and have tag teams hanging out ringside or coming out to help people in their main event. You've got two major tag teams in the main event with Jericho and Orange Cassidy hanging out ringside. That's how deep it is. It's insanity. Insanity. Yep. Um, and it, I love it. I, I'm starting to come around on pretty much every single one of these tag teams where, like, there's no one I think is, is, a, is a weak spot. Butcher Blade still I, has some work to, a little bit of work to do for me. But, yeah, I mean, Lucha Brothers, FTR, Young Bucks, are you kidding me? It's like, is this an all-star game? Butcher and Blade are kind of the dark horses. They're 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 there. Sure. They need a little bit more defining, I think, because we yeah. still haven't figured out what they are again. Like we knew what they were, and they had the bunny and everything, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, but now they're kind of dressing like Clockwork Orange and having a lot more kind of fun, silly character. I don't uh, I don't know. Haven't haven't quite figured that out yet. But I have figured out Private Party, Nick, oh. and they had a match against uh, Hangman Page and Kenny Omega, who had a title match last week, and they've just been putting the title line on uh, title on the line every week. I don't even know why we have a number one contender spot because they put it on the line every freaking week. Well, they put it on the line again. It's irrelevant at this point. Well, and it also seems to be irrelevant to have anyone go up against them because they're just going to lose. I didn't expect Private Party to take it off them. At this point, Paige and Omega are kind of like what we had with uh, with Pete Dunne in NXT UK where it was like, you've got to bring someone along that we believe is legitimate enough to take them out or they're going to have to implode. But they're not telling the implosion story anymore. They're getting along great in the ring. They're kind of like teasing every once in a while, but this week we had no hint of an implosion. And if that's the story they're going to tell, they've got to tell that more often. Yeah. Like, you can't just let it slip. Otherwise, we're like, oh, I guess Paige and Omega are okay. They're, who's going to beat them? Because all those great tag teams, who's going to beat them? Well, I listen, there's a little bit of psychology both last week and this week still going on between Paige and Omega. And I think there are some rumors out there now that the Paige, I've heard a couple of places say that their Paige wants to go back to the, or sorry, ugh, Omega wants to go back to the cleaner gimmick, his old New Japan uh, gimmick. Oh, I, heard, I heard, no, I heard people were pressuring him to, and he was like, dude, I, I did that. I'm, I'm a different Kenny Omega Fair enough. now. Fair enough. It's, it's being discussed. <laughs> <laughs> Well, <laughs> whether or not he wants to, I think is ultimately going to be it. up to him. But um, I, I listen. I, I think Kenny Omega being in a tag team with Hangman Page—that's got to pay off at some point. And yes, they've been champions now for several months, and we've been teasing back and forth. Stop starting. It feels a little bit like we were feeling about Bailey and Sasha. It's starting to get into that territory where I'm like, okay, pull the trigger already. Let's go. Let's do it. Come on. Yep. Let's go. So uh, or, they, they've been hinting at it the last two weeks still. So yeah. I don't know. Or don't do it and give me someone I can believe might be able to take him out. Right. Is it FTR? Does FTR go get the belts and then we have them kind of lording over the tag team division? Or does someone else like the Lucha Brothers need to get it? Like a heel team? Like I, I don't know. You've got teams that you could build to be legitimate against page and omega but right now they've gone through all of the base of the tag team mid card yeah you got no one left you got to do something they got to do something do something they got to do something uh, i want to give a shout out to private party on the double spanish fly however good oh, lord awesome yeah good lord <laughs> you want to talk about spot monkeys those guys need to work a little bit on on ring storytelling and yeah. and but they've got the spots there like once they Kind of bring it down to actually telling a story in the ring and, and, and focusing on that more. They're going to be absolutely unbelievable. I can see why AEW invested in them. I can see why Matt Hardy is ringside investing in them. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, 
So speaking of investing in someone, Nick, ringside investment. Of, <laughs> you're a you're a fan of Lance Archer, aren't yes. you? Yes, more so Are after you? this week. <laughs> He's back. Lance Archer versus Joey Janela, and what I can only be described as little man tries, big man kills, wielding uh, a sunny kiss. I should say he comes out. Yeah, Lance Archer <laughs> comes out to the ring with sunny kiss slung over his shoulder like a sack of wet potatoes. Hucks her down out. She just spends most of the rings, uh, most of the game, most of the most of the match selling outside the ring, uh, while Joey Janela is trying gamely to not get his ass too beat, which doesn't really work out so well for him. This was this was booked how I thought it should be booked. Reestablish Lance Archer as being a near unstoppable monster. Establish Joey Janela as being a crazy son of a bitch who just won't stay down. Uh, unless you kill him, which Lance Archer did by giving him a blackout off the apron onto a table, smashing his head into the table a few times, and then rolling ba him back in for the pin. Yeah. Um, he did. That boy did. Oh, Lance, you done killed him. He, he did. He threw a sunny kiss onto <laughs> Joey Janela through a table. <laughs> like, uh, just, and then just he, roars and Rawr, everybody dies and he's out. Just, and meanwhile, Jake, Jake the Snake has got the snake out. Over there, distracting yeah. the ref, and just it just this is exactly what I wanted Lance Archer to be. It's funny, goddamn monster, caught, just doing Jake crazy cost shit. Cost Archer the match, though. It made me wonder, like, how long Jake is going to be for Archer because, uh, you know, he distracts the ref, but Sunny Kiss is the one that gets in and does some moves on Archer. You know, yeah, and almost cost Archer the match. So Jake's got to be careful there. But yeah, we're we're back to form. The only thing I worry about is Joey Janela is supposed to be on back on the upswing with Sunny Kiss. Maybe they're going to come back as a tag team, and that's going to be on the upswing. But I don't really see that going far in this tag division. No. So I'm curious what the long game is here with Joey. If this is just going to be another bust for him, because it's been bust after bust after bust. And that's part of what this angle is for Joey. Is hey, I just I've lost myself. I lost who I am. Um, does he have a story post this match? With Archer, or does he move on to something else? Who knows? I think he should move on to something else because Archer shouldn't be losing to a guy like Joey Janela. All respect to Joey Janela, but that's not what Archer's role should be. No, and I feel like they went too fast. We should have had more with Joey and Sonny Kiss in their little, you know... I wanted to see more of, like, the street fights at the gas station and stuff like that. Like, do some more of those for, like, a month. Build them up. Build them up as something... And if, even if they're just at each other's ringside uh, while they're having matches, maybe not throw them at the most dangerous man in the division. You know, maybe not have this whole program built around can they topple the the murder hawk? Well, and this is the problem yeah. with them setting up monsters to lose: Wardlow, Lance Archer, right. possibly Brian Cage. Uh, you know, they 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 bring in monster uh, Brody Lee. You bring in monsters and then have them lose their first match, Jeff Cobb, uh, and then you have to spend time building them back up again. So, and then you know you've got to actually navigate how to build them back up legitimately without just using nothing but enhancement. Right. So that's that's kind of where I'm looking at Lance Archer. I'm like, okay, cool, he's got a good win here. Move him on to someone else he can beat definitively, who maybe isn't on a redemption angle like Joey Janela is. So, uh, speaking of Brian Cage, Nick Taz came out with Cage to have an interview with Tony Schiavone. This was a twist. What's a twist? Uh, he came out with a sack, a little black velvet sack. And out of that sack, he produced a belt. And he said, this belt used to mean something long, long ago. And no company's ever recognized it. But the one thing that it is, is for the baddest guy on the planet. 
and it's the FTW belt. And on the front of this belt, like the little couple like little orange stickers, and the big letters FTW, which of course stands for F the World. So it's According not very Taz, nice. It's it's if you're a salty bastard that can't get a match from the champion, you go get make yourself this belt, just declare yourself the champion. That's yep. what Taz did back in 1998 in ECW. Um, he couldn't get a title match, so he ended up uh, making his own belt and saying, "Well, I'm just the uncrowned champion." So here it's back again. It's only ever existed. We talked about it a bit on the news show on BWO Daily. Um, you know, it, it was only ever been in two companies, and that's ECW and XPW. XPW, it was only in a couple of matches, and it wasn't. I don't, I don't believe it was legitimate. I don't believe it was a legitimate title. They kind of made up a fake one, yeah. um, from what I understand. The only one that I remember is, you know, back in ECW when Taz couldn't get Shane Douglas' title because Shane was injured. And then, he, and then Sabu was the only other guy who held it. So the legitimate belt, and this was the belt that Taz brought out, was the original FTW belt. Not the original original, but it was the one that Taz used to carry around in ECW. Right. It's, it's, it's the real one. Taz owns the copyright. So he can do whatever he wants with this. Um, that's only ever been held, the legitimate one, by Taz and Sabu who both qualify as genuine, badass human beings. Um, and I wouldn't want to mess with either of them in the, in the ring. No. So him giving this to Cage, I thought, was a very strong statement. The question is, Nick, you've got Cage coming out to... The first thing we hear is, who can stop the path of Cage? And now he's got the FTW belt, so he's supposed to be this big badass. If he loses to Moxley next week... Does that cut the legs out from all of this? Hmm. I'm not sure he's going to. To lose. You think at this point he's going to be a double champ and have two belts? Because he brings out this. He brings out this. What, he's going to have the FTW belt and the, the heavyweight championship? I don't see it. I think, I think it's, it's very possible. I think there are some personal things going on right now. Renee is sick, or at least was. I hear she's recovering. They, they, both, they both tested negative as okay. of uh, okay. a day ago. Good, good. I, I didn't know that. So, uh, fantastic. Um, yeah. Uh, Chris, again, with the super chat. Thank you, sir. said, loved this. ECFNW. ECFNW, man. I hear you, man. And, and it's funny. People were actually saying this was underwhelming. Taz was hyping this all week. Tony Khan said it's going to shake the foundations of wrestling. Obviously, it didn't shake the foundations of wrestling. This is Taz's little pet belt yeah. thing. But if you were an ECW fan like I was when this thing came out, you marked out. I did. It, 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 you know, I, people, a lot of people were saying, eh, no one remembers this. Really? Then you don't remember history. I, I went back and looked in our chat uh, to see, because I watched it later on Wednesday night. I didn't get to watch it live, unfortunately. But I went back and looked, and there was some... There was some conversation happening in there. Get a little plug yeah. for the Discord, by the way. You guys don't want to miss that. But you should be there for the live chats. It's I mean, to time. be clear, I get it if people aren't into this because it is basically just a prop for Taz's ego. It's, and a, nostalgia, this. it's a nostalgia poke. Sure. I'm, I, that's how I, I took it as a nostalgia thing. Yeah. I, you know, I, I didn't take it as Taz putting himself over or him stroking his own ego, although that's definitely, I think, a little part of it. But he's, yeah. a, frickin', he's a wrestler, and he's an old-school wrestler. That's kind of part of the game. But... Um, at the same time, I thought this was a cool idea. It's a way to keep Cage looking somewhat legitimate if he loses to Moxley. But I truly feel they have to have some sort of fudge finish with that Moxley match. Like Cage gets himself DQ'd or something. Where he doesn't come away with the heavyweight championship, but he doesn't straight up lose to, to Moxley. 
No, I don't think it'll be a clean finish, but I do think Cage will win. Yep. I don't think it's going to be clean, but I do think Cage will win. I don't know. I don't know. We shall see. Moxley's had it long enough, and it hasn't been a very good run, to be honest. And I don't know that that's entirely his fault. It's It's, the worst possible time in wrestling history to be a wrestling fan. Yeah, um, you know, so I'd, without uh, without venues and without all that kind of stuff that we're used to, so maybe part of Mox's gimmick was the crowd, as it is with a lot of wrestlers. He comes out through the crowd. He comes out through the crowd. He reco- he he needs that crowd interaction and that those yeah. pops. So does does Mox work right now as champion if he can't if he doesn't have a Taz mouthpiece if he doesn't have uh, a Brian Cage that comes out who can stop the path of Cage? Well, this sounds let's, very let's, doom let's and be gloom, clear. right? Cage can cut a promo. Taz can cut a better promo Agreed. by light years. Yeah. Moxley is a much better promo. Moxley doesn't need a help on the mic. No. He's a good promo as well. Yeah. So that's the deal with Cage. But anyway, I'd, yeah, I don't see Cage taking the, the heavyweight championship. I think this belt actually will help legitimize him, but he, I don't think he should straight up lose to Moxley because then you've cut his legs off. Sure. Who, can stop the, who can stop the path of Cage? Uh, this guy, the first guy he faces, the first major match he has. Yeah. First guy who's not enhancement, he can stop the path of Cage. There you go. Another another monster you just poured water all over. Um, but one guy who's actually starting to win some matches, he was losing for a while, now he's winning, that would be one Colt Cabana. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. Colt Cabana had a match with Dark Order. He was teaming up with Brody Lee uh, against SCU and Stu Grayson. Excuse me. Sorry, Stu. And Stu Grayson against SCU, who were, of course, responsible for bringing in Colt Cabana to help them fight Dark Order. Oh, how the turns have tabled. And here we are. Tables have turned. Okay. Just go with it. Yeah. So here we are, Colt Cabana, in this match. He comes out, and they they show him in the back, and he has this hematoma on his side. He's on the table. That was a legitimate hematoma, by the way. That was not gimmicked. That was not faked. He legit has that injury. It it looked like he had an alien growing out of his side. Yes. His entire side was, was purple, and blue, and there's like this lump right above his hip that just uh, 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 uh. and Brody Lee's like, "You're fine. Let's go do the match." <laughs> but you'll be the, fine, kiddo. But, uh, okay. <laughs> but I, but, but Mr. McMahon, right? Um, but, yes, Mr. Brody. Yes, Mr. Brody. Uh, kind of reminiscent of CM Punk saying that the medical staff at at WWE would force them to. Go out and wrestle and be like, ah, take a Z pack, you'll be fine. No, 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 I'm just, I'm not saying that's what they were explicitly saying. I'm just, I'm not not saying that. You know what I mean? Anyway, they go out to the ring and uh, we have a nice little match going on. And at a certain point, Colt Cabana goes to pin Chris Angel, Chris Angel, <laughs> the Dark Angel, Christopher Daniels. I'm just going to call him Chris Angel from now on. And uh, he doesn't. And Daniels gets on him like, what? Oh, he breaks. Sorry, he breaks up a pin. Uh, Chris Daniels is, is uh, trying Stu to win. Stu Grayson was pin. pinning him, and he, Mr. Brody right. comes in, breaks it up, and then says, no, no, go tag Colt. Well, no, this is that's after that. I'm saying oh. that he, he gets into it. Like, they have a little face-off, him and Christopher Daniels, where Christopher Daniels is like, what are you doing, dude? What are you doing with these guys? I got you. And then uh, Stu and Brody beat down Chris Daniels and let, let Colt get the pin. Colt gets the pin, has the big, goofy grin on his face, like, I'm winning, I'm winning. So here, the Faustian deal that he's made with Dark Order is starting to come to fruition. He's starting to get those wins that he so desired. Um, we still have the bit of the hesitation in him where he's like, I don't know if this is, if this is good, but 
I kind of like it. Yeah. He has a t-shirt, new t-shirt out where they have Colt Cabana on it, and the O is kind of scuffed, so it looks like it says Colt Cabana. Colt Cabana, nice. Yeah, that's cute. Um, but uh, yeah, this seems to be going along swimmingly. This this storyline with the Dark Order uh, converting Colt, which is frankly the most interesting thing they've done in their existence so far. I liked having them all lined up along the stage to show their numbers. Um, I like the fact that, that you know they don't have to wear their masks necessarily. So sometimes we know we see the guy like Alex Silver, and we we see the guys underneath. Um, so I like what they're doing with Dark Order right now. But here's the problem, Nick. What is the end game? Because either Colt becomes completely indoctrinated and goes heel, and we lose Colt Cabana for hopefully a significant period of time, or we have a Colt tries to break free, free from the cult angle and ultimately breaks free and delegitimizes Dark Order as a force that can get and hold people. Uh, I feel like it's going to be some form of the latter of those two. I believe it's going to be Colt gets in, he likes winning, he gets a little little taste, <laughs> right? And then he starts to get addicted to it, but then he's reminded by maybe Christopher Daniels comes in and consoles him or something like that. And uh, if, I, if, if this was Nick booking, it'd be like, Colt, you're in. We need you to break it up from the inside. Some storyline along along those right where it That'd ends up in Colt Cabana versus Brody Lee at some pay per view and he ends up beating Brody Lee and but Brody Lee just pokes him in the side the alien yeah. on the <laughs> side is, <laughs> or, the, or the alien bursts out of the hematoma and eats Brody Lee and you know that would yeah 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 I'd, I'd like, like that a, a lot like a big, actually like, like a big centipede thing like Resident Evil comes out of his side just right <laughs> or like it's, um, it's it's actually Quato from uh from Total Recall go. he just start the reactor. <laughs> Open your mind, Mr. Lee. Yes. Open your mind. What if Colt Cabana... Colt Cabana... Quato Cabana. Quato Cabana. Yes, that's amazing. <laughs> Quato Cabana is actually the sentient one, the all-powerful being that is above and beyond Mr. Brody Lee, and he ends up being anointed what? as the new figure of Dark Order, and Mr. Brody Lee is done. Uh, Where's my tinfoil hat? It's around that's, here. That's 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 now you go a little crazy bit talk. Sa yeah. Savior of Mars, okay, but yeah. like the bright shining star above the Dark Order, maybe maybe not. Alien so bursting but, out of his out of his okay. guts and eating Brody Lee, okay, but that's let me that's bring nuts. this back down. Let me bring this back down. The point I'm trying to make here, you, <laughs> good God, what I'm trying to say here is that I think that it would be bad for Dark Order if Colt gets most of the way in and then gets out. Yeah, I think he needs to get in, stay in for a while, <laughs> like a long time. Not like a Daniel Bryan and the Wyatt family, like stay in for a while. No, he's, he's totally going to pull a Leah Romini uh, like she did with Scientology. And sure. She, right, but, and but just like do an expose her, on it, right? Have him stay in there for a long time yeah. first. That way yeah. it's more legitimate when he gets out and he's all damaged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chris, again, with the super chat. Thank you very much, man. I really appreciate this. Give them the air, Cohagen. <laughs> Give Coke. these people air. Q-O-U Hagen. <laughs> I think it's C-O Hagen. It's C-O-H. It's like I, Copenhagen. I but, it's, but it's great because that, that helps you with the Arnold voice. Cole Hagen. Yeah. Give these people the air. I'll see you at the potty, Richter. <laughs> right. Oh, don't get me started on Total Recall. Consider that <sighs> the divorce. Um, 
<laughs> all right, we're going to move on before this all becomes total recall talk. Yes. Nyla Rose, speaking of monsters, Nyla Rose destroyed both Kenzie Page and Kylie King in a two-on-one. These poor little enhancement girls just got murdered by Nyla. And then Nyla says, you know what? I've realized everyone else around here is a manager, and they're winning, and they have titles. So you know what? I'm going to get me a manager, and I'm going to come back for you, Hikaru Shida, standing at ringside. I see you right there. I'm going to get me a manager. I'm going to come back, and I'll tell you that manager is soon. So interesting. We have kind of complained about how everyone has a freaking manager, but at least they kind of acknowledged that. Yeah. With this, where they went, yeah, everyone's got a manager. And and all the people (laughs) that have managers are doing well. And and they are, and it's and frankly, like it's interesting. It's it's kind of I I don't mind it. I know that it's a trope that bugs the people, rubs them the wrong way, and I think it can be overdone and overused. I'm not mad at it yet. I'm I'm not. Who's I your think, uh, speculation? Who do you think it is? Vicky Guerrero. One. I agree. I think it's Vicky. Vicky well. Guerrero seems like the most likely one, and a lot of people are like, really, Vicky Guerrero? You have to remember, We're she be was all the one of the most. Excuse me, stuff again. Oh yeah, and she was one of the most successful managers in WWE for a long time there. She was a a successful act and she was also successful in kayfabe. And so this married edge, you know, it's, this this has me intrigued. This has me intrigued. Uh, if it is Vicky Guerrero, I I actually have no idea who else it would be. (laughs) I mean, maybe Medusa, but that's, eh. She's not a good promo. Awesome Kong's another option potentially. They, they she is she is uh, part of AEW. So uh, yeah. why would you have Awesome Kong as a manager, and not an enforcer? Well, I mean, for well, that's unstoppable too. You put Nyla and Kong together. That's, that's where I was just, going. Yeah, who can stop the path of Kong? You know, that's I, I can't. I, I'm my money's on Vicky. I think that'd be a good call. Yep. Uh, so. Curious to see where that's going. I'm just I apologies of, in advance for your ears, folks. Oh, if you're not familiar with back. what we're we're saying is going to come oh, back. Yeah. Oof. Oof. Yep. It's gonna hurt you. Yeah. Uh, Butters in the chat is saying, Vicky, no, she's so annoying. It's yes, that's the point. That's that is the, that's the, the whole literal point. the literal point is <laughs> that's what she's built her whole career off of, is finding that one heel trick to make everyone in the audience go, Oh God, shut up! Stop make her stop. Make her stop. I mean, do you remember the heat she used to get? The level of heat that woman used to get was unbelievable. Like, just just Google Vicky Guerrero. Heat. Excuse me. Just Vicky. Go on YouTube and find Vicky Guerrero. Excuse me. Oh my me. god. The, Some of those. You're talking are, when Roman Reigns came out and he couldn't get a word out because of the level of booze times ten. Yeah. And she would come oh, out and start going. Excuse me. That audience, some of those audiences, man, oh, they were molten. So I don't know if she still got it. Everyone kind of loves her now, but we, we shall see if she does something dastardly enough. Speaking of dastardly deeds, Big Swole was suspended in storyline by uh, because uh, Britt Baker She was kidnapped saying, Britt Baker. Right, and Britt was agitating to get her <laughs> suspended. And so Swole shows up and gets served papers that she's been suspended. Doesn't make Swole very happy. No. She says, like, you could have told me before I drove three and a half hours here. Right. <laughs> muttering, muttering epithets under her breath as she right. stalks away. But she shows up later to try to get in Britt Baker's face, be like, I know it was you that got me suspended. Uh, and as she's getting into Britt Baker's face, she tries to crumple up the papers she was served and throw them at Britt Baker. Reba accidentally backhands Britt trying to catch them. Britt's nose gets broken. She's screaming bloody murder. Uh there's a security guard there who, instead of chasing off Swole, grabs a palm frond and starts fanning Britt Baker 
to try, <laughs> to try Brilliant. to feel better. Just a bunch of great comedy stuff. Um, I'm uh, Britt actually legit had to go in and get her deviated septum from when she broke her nose fixed. Uh, and she may have gotten a slight nose job while she was at it. We'll see. It would fit her character. But uh, so she's out for at least a little bit, at least a few weeks. Just so, all around like, knocking it out of the park. I mean, Brad I'm mentioned it as well. Rebel is. Dancing with Sunny Kiss was fantastic. Um, you had the notes getting passed to Tony Schiavone telling him to turn down the pyro. It almost set her on fire. It, yeah. Just little things like that all throughout the show. Just mwah. This is yeah. so good, and I really hope they pay it off when she's ready to go again. She's the bay leaf in their stew. Oh, man. <laughs> um. Unfortunately, the, we also have Darby Allen, who's who's still sending in vignettes. This week, he was at Travis Pastrana's place doing a, a coffin drop off of his uh, huge platform. You may have seen if you ever watched Jackass. Um, and Darby basically was looking at the camera saying, Hey, Cage, you're the one that put me out. I haven't forgotten about you, but I'm going to do a coffin drop because I don't care if I'm medically not cleared. Okay. Cool. Cool. You're, you're, you're cool, Darby. You're so edgy. He's just so edgy. So edgy. He's trying so hard to be edgy. Oh, man. It's, it's the edgiest try-hard edginess that I've ever tried hard to edge. Yeah, you got to be careful, man. Hanging he's, out he's with Tony Hawk, hanging out with Travis Pastrana. Like, okay, uh, all right. I see where this is going. Extreme sports. Yeah, I'm, I'm an extreme I, sports guy. Did you know I skate and I've got guys that I skate with and they're really famous and they know me? We get it, Darby. We get it. Just come I, back um, and wrestle. One please. little thing on this, uh, please, is I was – Darby Allen might be one of the breakout people since AEW Dynamite launched back in October. Yes. And I – since we started doing these black and white vignettes, I was on board with the sort of dragging the body bag around on your compound kind of thing or somewhere. We don't know where that is. Uh, yeah, but this comp. kind of stuff – yeah, I'm losing interest real quick. It's not hitting the right note, and that's the problem. Is that I don't even the, know what that note is supposed to be. Well, again, he's already he's always had the kind of like the edgy thing going on, but it always felt like kind of a gimmicked suicidal crazy guy thing, and sure. now it feels more like edgy skater boy, BOI boy thing going on here, yeah. and it's that doesn't seem as cool. As the other gimmick. And again, that just could be me telling the kids to get off my lawn. A little bit. But, uh, well, maybe, but at the same time, like. <laughs> I'm over here saying it too. I. This shit's been around for a long time. Yeah. Like this kind of counterculture, this kind of skater culture. This has been around for a long time. And this take on it wasn't cool when I was into this shit. Yeah. So. I know it ain't cool now. No. <laughs> so I'd love to hear from from other if we have any younger listeners, are you looking at Darby and being like, wow, he's so cool? Or are you like, try harder, buddy? Yeah. I'm I'm very curious because to me it, it seems very, very try hard. But all right, I'm not I don't I don't want to harp on that because I do respect him as a wrestler and I think he's a good talent. I just think this is just the wrong direction for him. Um, but that was Fighter Fest week two. That was the entire show. Oh, wait, no. That wasn't the entire show, Nick. Because we had the AEW Puppy Battle Royale, mm. sponsored mm -hmm. by Angels Among Us Pet Rescue, which I have to admit seemed like it was one lady in her backyard with a bunch of puppies. But, like, one litter of puppies. But, okay, whatever. Um, at least it's for a good cause. 
and it was you had a bunch of puppies come out. You had four female puppies uh, representing Hikaru Shida, Nyla Rose, uh, Brandy, and Penelope Ford. And all of them self-eliminated out of the ring except for Penelope Ford, who, st- who stayed in there. <laughs> so Penelope Ford puppy wins. And then on the, the boys' side, you had Orange Cassidy, John Moxley, who both self-eliminated. And then, of course, MJF puppy wins. So Penelope Ford and MJF puppy win. This is some heel favor and horse pucky right there. That's all I got to say about that. It was cute, but uh, even I self-eliminated trying to watch it that sounds horrible yeah i don't even want to know what the heck you were trying to say with that well so here's the thing nick what as a gimmick as a gimmick this brought eyes to aew it got a lot of people's attention it was cute enough for what it was i feel like they could do more with this again all the puppies kind of looked the same they obviously were from the same litter so none of them really had any personality other than like one or two of them had like glasses sunglasses that were nearby they didn't dress them up in any way. They didn't do anything to like identify them as the, these wrestlers other than just call them by that name. Um, it was cute. They beat the crap out of the referee. So, okay, fine. Again, the whole point was that this was cute puppies. And I think Yay. it's a great idea. But I think it's a great idea. Just they need to do more with it. Let's get more different kinds of puppies. Let's actually have like them... I don't know. I, I feel or like they could do less. With it. Just pull a Bob Barker and say spay and neuter your pets and adopt. You know, just do something. This felt very like Shivani was the best part of this. He was, and it felt like he was. To- and they even said this is that better Shivani- than any match I called in two thousand. <laughs> oh God! Hot fire. Um, <laughs> the yeah. So the to me, this is like: Are you wanting to do something for a good cause? Great. Spay and neuter your pets. Don't uh, adopt from shelters. Great. Yeah, uh, all uh, that well, butters and butters is mentioning they do this for the Super Bowl as well, and they do the Puppy Bowl, sure. but that's a, like a whole bunch of different breeds of puppies, and they have like storylines going on. This was like this was as simple as possible. Yeah, there's like fifty. Dogs. I'm saying, yeah, and I'm saying like, go big with it next time. Yeah, let's get let's let's go crazy with it. This is yeah. a great idea, and I, I think it's smart of them to have taken this from the Super Bowl and and run with it on their own terms. But go big with it. Yeah, maybe it was just last minute and they threw this together. But dude, bring this back. Yeah, let's be honest. This, this was for YouTube. It, that's really what it was. For. Absolutely, it was for YouTube. It was for people, people who want to go awe at puppies. Yeah. I went awe at puppies. Me too. Dog Ziggler went nuts. <laughs> he loves seeing dogs on TV. He was freaking out. So <laughs> this was for this was for Dog Ziggler and and JB. Yeah. <laughs> and and also for Jess O'Connor in the chat. Two ninety nine. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jess. Thanks, Jess. Uh, she says, "Release the hounds." Yes. Release the hounds. They were released. Luckily, none of them actually released in the ring that we that we saw. Maybe they edited that out. <laughs> but you know what else was released, Nick? Oh boy! You know what else was released? I do, I do, I do. Night two of the Great American Bash over on oh, NXT. <laughs> oh goodness! Oh goodness! Oh goodness! Listen. I want to say one last thing about AEW Fighter Fest, the two-week event. Oh, okay. Uh, before we get out of here, there was nothing on that show for night two that I had any complaint about. It's very, very rare that we find wow. a show that, that that pitches a perfect game. That was that that show pitched a perfect game Wednesday night. Uh, on the and I say that because 
there was an opportunity for NXT to do the exact same thing as we found out we were going to have a second night of the Great American Bash, one of the most storied pay-per-views and backdrops in wrestling history. And it has all of these ties to it and everything like that. And it was being main-evented in an in a history-setting, history-changing main event. For the first time ever, we would have a two-belt main event, winner-take-all, between a champion that had the longest reign and arguably one of the most successful reigns against as many defenders as he's had come after it in Adam Cole and someone who may have made more impact and moments than anybody faster, maybe than I can remember in the history of wrestling in Keith Lee. And these two were clashing in a main event. Mm-hmm. You can That shit builds itself. The problem with it for me was basically everything else that was on the show. Really? I showed you didn't up. Like anything on the show? I want to say I didn't like. There are things about it that I can sit here and nitpick, juxtaposed to what went on with uh, Fighter Fest, where it was basically they pitched a perfect game. Uh, the 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 weight of the matches that happened on Great American Bash Wednesday night didn't carry. It was it was it was one big match, and then there's a bunch of other stuff going on. Kind of like the New Japan thing we'll talk about later. But <laughs> it's funny how that works out, right? So all spot. of these matches that we're going to talk about, the first one we're going to talk about, obviously, is is our boy. We got to talk. We'll, let, let, the, let's, the rest we'll leave, of the stuff can... Yeah, we'll it, rip through it. Yeah. Let's let's talk about the main event, because that was the reason to watch Great American Bash Night 2. And uh, Nick, would you do the honors, please? Because we can't talk about our boy Keith Lee without, without saying... For he... Is, is it around limitless. there? Do we do it? Oh, he is limitless. Yes. Oh man. Mm, mm, I can't hear those bumps because, but uh, but yeah, I, I'm I sorry will, about I will, that. I trust. I will trust that it is there, and it was exactly what it should be because oh, bask in his glory. Keith Lee beat Adam Cole for both belts. I mean, we'll get into the match in a second. It was a great match. It was a lot of fun. But let's just talk about the fact that they just strapped our boy. Keith Lee in the most major way possible. Yes. Uh, all the rub. Obvi- all, his history making, major moment, major event. Um, just a crime. It didn't happen in front of a crowd, but they still made it as big of a moment as they could on TV with tons of confetti and sparklers, and they made it a big deal. It's all over social media. It's a, you know, uh, everyone's coming out of the woodwork to congratulate Keith Lee. Uh, so yeah, huge deal. I said it on, uh, BWO daily and I wanted to pinch myself and I wanted to say it again for the show today. It was not even two years ago. Yeah. We went to the globe to see, I think it was, was it three Mendes or something like that where we saw yeah. Keith, uh, get the title. Yeah. Where, yeah. Where and I, the, uh, I stood next to the man beat Chucky e. T. Yep. I stood next to the man and asked him for a bumper, and he graciously gave one, only for me to realize that I hadn't hit the record button. I had missed it with my thumb on my phone, and mm-hmm. he did it again. So when you guys hear us play... This is the limitless Keith Lee! That was the second time that he did that in a row. Fun little story for you. Nicest guy, took a picture, great to chat with, soft-spoken, but he's massive. Mm-hmm. I'm five five eleven. 220 
And I, I he, that man, I'm looking up at him like that. That's a big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Now he's a, he's a wonderful guy, and and this was definitely deserved in lots of ways. We've been obviously selling him to you guys on this show since he came to NXT and been like, Keith Lee's great. Well, here we are. Now we're at the point where obviously WWE has realized what they have as well. Um, whether that was from the rub he got from Roman Reigns at Survivor Series, all the incredible stuff he did there, obviously impressed some higher ups. They are strapping this boy and they have some big things planned for him. Obviously, the question now is, what happens next? He's got two belts. I've been trying Karrion to tell you Cross, for weeks. Carrying crosses in the rafters, cackling uh, with Scarlet about this as he's watching Keith Lee celebrate with his two titles. Of course, the ta- the hourglass was left in the ring by Carrying Cross by by Scarlet from Carrying Cross for Adam Cole, but Keith Lee was the one to grab it from Cole and smash it. I wonder if that was foreshadowing. So I said a couple of weeks ago, he's the one in the back where he's, he came in and he smashed it, and then later, Karrion Cross, he saw his boot come in at the very end of the show and yeah. step on it. And yeah. look, yeah, I think Keith, the first order of business, has dropped the North American title to a Balor, to a Gargano, to someone, and then it's going to be onwards and upwards to Karrion Cross. How quickly, though, is my question. Does Karrion wait for the rest of the year and then Lee gets called up around Royal Rumble? I, I, well, I, I do think Keith's going to be in the Royal Rumble. I do think he, I, I'm going to call I'll call my shot now. I think he could win the Royal Rumble. Oh, um, I don't think he's eventing WrestleMania. I don't think that's going that quick. Well, all right. You didn't think he was going to win last night or Wednesday night either, so hang tight. Um, I, <laughs> I think he's going to be in the Royal Rumble, and he's that's going to be his sort of debut. Like, he's already been in the – he's been in Survivor Series. That was kind of a fluke because of Saudi Arabia. We sort of wrote it off for that, but he was also in the made an appearance in the Royal Rumble along with Gargano and others, right? So I think this year is going to be a big debut for him. He's going to come up. It's going to be a big deal. But I think by the end of the year, he will have dropped it to Karrion Cross. Is that a short transitional kind of reign? It's not. Yeah, it's, I don't think it's on the caliber of, of an Adam Cole. But I, but I think he's I, don't, I think he's on a fast track to the main roster. Well, and this is the thing is they don't you don't have to. Not everyone has to have a year plus reign. Right. And just because you have a three-month reign doesn't mean you're transitional. It feels transitional after such a huge reign from Adam Cole, right? but that's the nature of the beast. If it was a week, a two-week, less than a month, I'll say transitional. But if Keith holds it till the fall... You yeah, know, the takeover around uh, Survivor Series. So November time, October-November time frame. I'd say he drops it there and then maybe goes away for a month and then shows up on the main roster around Christmas time in his Santa hat. And Maybe. then he shows up in I mean, uh, um, Royal Rumble? Yeah, I think he could Yeah, one, one wonders how fast they're going to jump him up the, the card and, and call him up. I mean, I, I wonder if they're going ha- to build NXT around him for a while, uh, if that's their plan. Or if this was just giving him a big moment, knowing he wasn't going to be in NXT for very long. Uh, either way, obviously, the sky is the limit for Keith at this point. Yeah. You know, we, we just, Nick, for, for if you're a patron, you heard our bonus episode where we talked about the sky, like what the ceilings are for all these NXT talents and what our predictions were. And we had a prediction for Keith Lee two years ago. We were like, dude, if, if the right people see the right things out of Keith Lee, there is no limit. He no. is literally limitless. Like he could become a top person in WWE. So this is a major step that way. I did not see them uh, giving him this much of a rub. Obviously, I was being pessimistic or, or pragmatic. 
Um, and I, so I am, I am more than happy to eat that crow because I love seeing this happen to a guy like Keith Lee who has all the talent and is a good human being. So now the other question is what happens to Adam Cole? That's a bigger era. question to me. That's a really big question because if he's not the top dude, what is he in a very stacked NXT? Because I think we can all agree Adam Cole getting called up to main roster is pretty much a death knell. Yeah. Like he's just, he's fantastic, but, and, and obviously next best thing to Shawn Michaels, but he's not even as big as Dolph Ziggler. No. And Ziggler couldn't get the Shawn Michaels thing off the ground. Yeah. So I don't think there's much room for Adam Cole in the main roster. No. And back at the end of May, I mean, it's, he, he got very vocal. We, there was speculation around on, on Twitter, I should say. There was a lot of speculation around his contract, if I'm remembering this right. And then we find out that he had another 18 months or, or signed for another or something. He had 18 months left. So, I mean, yeah, could he continue to do stuff? Could we? And I think I speculated on the show, we go off and we do an Undisputed Era breakup angle after after he drops it to Keith Lee. While Keith is going off and dropping the North American to a, a Balor or a Grimes or a Gargano and then goes on to face Karrion Cross for the NXT Championship, Adam Cole goes off and we end up doing an Undisputed Era long-term breakup angle sort of thing over the next <laughs> 6 to 12 months. The one thing I could see is if all four... Undisputed Era guys come up as a faction and act like jackals. You might be able to get some traction with them on the main roster. Yeah. yeah, I can't see. I can't see them being a taken seriously the way they were in NXT on the main roster, and b I can't see Vince not messing with the formula. Yeah, no, he'd want to put it's, them in like colored costumes and stuff. And, and just, oh god, yep. Oh god, yep. No. Nope. All right. Now here's the plan. You're all going to wear bow ties. Right. You're going to come out, and you're all. We're going to paint you all green. And you're going to be Martian men. You're the undisputed Martian era. UME. Oh, boy. It rolls out the tongue. It's good shit, pal. Do it, do it with your hands. The, the ME right. thing. Can you, can you make little Martian beeping sounds? You know, like on the old TV shows. Like when I was a kid, the cereals. <laughs> or worse, it's Mars Attacks. I'm Kyle O'Reilly. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Wop. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, yes, to me, this absolutely does prove that Keith Lee is limitless. Uh, I think there is the his ceiling is that I don't know that there is a ceiling right now for Keith Lee. I think well, let's he's, talk shat, about, he's bashed yeah. through every single faux ceiling that we thought he might run into. Um, you know, WWE likes its its fit guys, its cut up guys. It talks about their abs all the time. I was worried that Keith would come in as a sort of as a bigger boy. He's husky, as my grandma would say. And would he would he see success? And boy, has he! So there's that one out the window. Now, what's well, the next this, obstacle Keith, for Keith? Keith is uh, if we're talking about Keith's body type, he's completely unique. Where that he's a throwback. Yeah, he's just a big wall of meat. And it's it's a ton of muscle in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like he's not in shape. The dude is in massive shape. But uh, but that's neither here nor there, Nick. We, we agree that Keith's going all the way to the moon. We're, we're both happy for him. This was an amazing moment this week. But let's talk about the rest of the show because we've got right. a lot to get through. If you insist. Um, I know I want to dwell on it too. But we got to talk <laughs> about Keith's significant other, Mia Yim, also having a match against Candice LeRae. It was a street fight. It opened up the whole show. Um, and I wish I could say I like this more, Nick. 
but it's it was my big problem was it felt very choreographed. It felt very arbitrary. There wasn't a lot of psychology in the match. It was two chicks hitting each other with a lot of stuff and going places to do spots and then kind of arbitrarily doing other spots other places and then Candice LeRae puts Mia Yim through a table and that's the end of the match. Um, it, was, it was a bit of a letdown because I think they could have done a lot with this. I, I don't... And it just... I, I, I don't want to be hard on them. The performance was fantastic. Same. And they took some serious shots. And they were not pulling hits. No. They, they were hitting the shit out of each other. Kendo sticks, trash can lids. The the one the I mean, talking to spots, that twisting neck breaker thing off the top rope onto a mountain of chairs. Great spot. Like great oh. spot. <laughs> I listen. They they took an ass whooping. Both of them did. And I don't want to take anything away from that. Was it did it? Did it need a big storyline? No, it's been building to this. So the second only, a very far distant second to the the main event of the night and what went down with Keith Lee and Adam Cole. This, I I didn't love this, but I also enjoyed the spectacle of it. And I was sitting there with eyes wide, just what? Good yeah. lord, what kind of shots are these two girls going to take next? So. But again, for me, and like I, you know, you hear people complain about. Spot fests, like saying that the tag match in AEW was a spot fest. Yeah, that actually had a story in psychology. This was just several two women, to, right? But this was just two women hitting each other, and there wasn't a lot of rhyme or reason why they were going places or doing certain things. Or you didn't feel like I'm going to grab this weapon because this will help me gain an advantage. It yep. was just, well, I'm supposed to go get the weapon at this point. Yeah, in the match, according to the the booking. Yeah, and that was my issue with this was it did feel very arbitrary and a lot of. Points. I like Mia Yim using brass knuckles as a weapon. That's her weapon that she brings out. I didn't like her losing the brass knuckles to Candice and taking a hit in the face before that swinging neckbreaker onto the chairs that you mentioned. Yep. But it is what it is. Candice needed a win. She got a win. This cements her heel character. Mia Yim can eat a, eat a, a loss. Uh, at this point, she's established she's a badass chick. All right, cool. Keith has had his fight with, with Gargano where he got... Stabbed in the eyes with keys. Now Mia Yim and Candice LeRae have had their thing. It'll be interesting to see where it goes from here. Yeah. You know, does it lead to a Gargano, that what I think will be a Gargano-Keith Lee for the North American Championship bout at some point in the next few weeks? Yeah. So here's the, the big thing show-wide that I wanted to say. Like, these two matches really? felt like a great American bash, felt like a pay-per-view, felt like the caliber of thing. Everything else felt like generic see, Wednesday night uh... A. Uh, I, you know, yeah, I would disagree because let's go to let's talk about Johnny Gargano versus Swerve Scott. Sure, a match thrown together last week because there was a backstage scuffle. Sure, and they came out. I thought this was a banger match. I actually thought Swerve showed some more stuff than he showed in a while. Uh, he he brought out some crazy good stuff, some some moves we haven't seen before. He and Gargano had great chemistry. The only problem was we didn't have a whole lot of stakes for the match because it was just thrown together. But the match itself was fantastic. Sure, it could have been, I think it could have been better. I think it could have been more. And I'm mostly pissed that I think Johnny Gargano could have eaten the eaten the pin here. No, and, again, they're trying to make Johnny Johnny and Candice look strong because they just both got their asses kicked by Keith Lee, which they had to do on Keith's way to winning both championships to make Keith look strong. Okay, so now they have to get some wins back. Fine. And Johnny and Swerve had a they had a great match. It was very back and forth. Either one could have won, but I thought this was a pay per view quality match. It just had no build, and so there was no foundation for it. But yeah, in terms was of the it work, worthy of the Great American Bash is really the, you, the takeaway that I'm... If you came back to this match in a year, you'd be like, damn, that was a good match. 
Okay. It was a good pay-per-view quality match. I think just being sitting in it right now and watching all the builds and everything going on around it, if you just came back this later and they were like, Swerve and Johnny have beef, and you watch this match, you'd probably be like, damn, that was a pretty good match. Give another shot. Hey, Siri. Oh, no. Remind me one year from now to go back and watch Johnny Gargano versus Swerve Scott on the Great American Bash Night 2. I'll be shocked if she gets all that. All right, well, never mind. She's still useless. <laughs> what a useless crap program it, it's, it's awful. I, I can't stand it's it. Any of those assistants are just of terrible. Crap. So I... Uh, I try. Yeah, this is... Listen, I agree with you. I agree with you. Love Gargano. Love Killshot. Swerve Scott. <laughs> hey, you know what? I was going to give Apple uh, a chance to shine live right here on the BWO show, but... Yeah, I anyway, I lo- I did like the match. I like these two working together. They do incredibly well in the ring. I felt like I could have seen this on a regular episode of NXT. I didn't sure. think it was worthy of what they were telling us was a pay-per-view without a pay-per-view, but they were actually just counter-programming Fighter Fest over on the yeah, other they, channel. They, they threw a lot of stuff together to try to counter-program. Exactly, and, and it, it felt... It felt like it was about the only thing besides Candice LeRae and Mia Yim that had any inkling of story that you could very loosely tie to it what? to make it a match that you had okay let's talk about the trios match legato de fantasma versus drake maverick and brizango there's a ton of story here drake's got mad beef with uh, with hijo de fantasma excuse me santos escobar and this was the first time we've really seen him try to get his hands on him we've seen them in trios action in, in this match this was a great advancement of that storyline and I don't know what the hell Brizango has to do with any of this, but it exactly. was they, but it was a good match. It was. It was fun. It was entertaining. Yeah. And it was the, the the money for me was seeing how fired up Drake was. Like he's he's so invested and he's such a great performer that you really felt his hatred for Santos Escobar. You know what I mean? Like um it's one thing that you look for a lot is if a character has been sold to you is absolutely hating another character, right? There was the time where you had Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose and, and Dean had turned on Seth and they were, Hey, they'd hate each other, right? Just blood feud. Oh, yeah. they, I, you've done these horrible things to me. I, I'm going to kill you. And their match starts and they get it. They go into a headlock, <laughs> right? They start, they, they, they Rest lock holds. up. Yeah. They lock up and you're like, what are you? You're going to lock up with a guy you hate? No, you'd come out furious. You wouldn't be able to wait for the bell. You'd attack him right off the bat. You'd lay into him. This match, they had to hold back Drake Maverick until the bell rang. And even then, they had a hard time holding him back from Santos Escobar. Like, just wait. We have to wait till the bell rings. He's just like, I, I want you. Get in the ring right now. He's trying to, trying to get on his case. That's what I'm saying. Drake is selling that he hates Santos Escobar. He is, he is selling that angle so well that it's fast that you get to, you're staring at it like, oh, what's going to happen? So he's the money in this. Escobar is a great character. The storyline is fantastic. Brizango are curtains. They're, they're window dressing. You know what I mean? They're there to actually work a good match with Joaquin Wilde and, uh, and Raul Mendoza. But the real money is Drake and Santos. And this was just advanced. This was an advancement of that storyline. And I thought a fine one. Yeah. I wasn't mad at it. Uh, Brizango, I mean, they're fun to watch, sure, but I would have loved to have seen more uh, just Drake versus Phantasma. I, I feel like there's more story to tell there. Let's build the... Of you've, course you've there spent is. all this time in this grand redemption story of Drake Maverick. 
Would and you, you spent all of this patience? time building around the cruiserweight division. Uh, Papa Triple H, I want it now. But Give it to me now. On, the, on the Great American Bash? Yes. Now. If you're going to do it on the Great American Bash, put some... No, that's what the other. That's, you've got you've got bigger matches for that. This is this is setting up for later. All right. This was a this was a big match, and honestly, I thought Legado de Fantasma. Those guys are smooth as silk. That's an awesome faction. Yeah. I can't wait to see more out of them. This wet my appetite for more. This didn't leave me sitting there going, mm, "My wrestling. I want Drake Maverick and Santos Escobar in a cage now. I want this feud to be over now. It's just getting started, dude. It's getting started. Why are you so mad at NXT this week? Why Why are you making fun of me so much? I'm not. Oh. <laughs> you hurt my little feelings. So sensitive. Yeah. So sensitive. No, okay, I, well, listen, I, I, wanted, I wanted the Great American Bash to remind me of how awesome the Great American. Go back and watch a Great American Bash from, I don't know, way I back. I know. Right? I know. Some of the biggest cards. And now it, it's, it just feels like, oh, uh, what do we do about Fighter Fest? You guys have a match, and you guys have a match, and oh, yeah, we got this thing going on. You guys have a match. That's what it felt. It felt very just ah scatterbrained thrown all together. over the place. Thrown it together. It kind of was. It kind of was thrown together. It felt. It did, I agree. It did feel that way. I was still entertained. Yeah. I wasn't mad at it. Uh, I also was entertained by the debut of Mercedes Martinez with the re debut, the re 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 debut of Mercedes Three Martinez. Times now? Yeah. Sure, but it, you know now now we've gotten to like final form. Mercedes Martinez with like she's got the the whole crazy gimmick. I was wondering how they were going to separate her. From Mia Yim. Because Mia Yim kind of took Mercedes' old gimmick. Yeah. So they've made now made Mercedes Martinez into like basically like Diablo 3 necromancer, like evil uh, dungeon queen thing going on. Ian's been Terrifying. playing a lot of Diablo lately, guys. It's a new season. Leave yeah. me alone. Yeah. Uh, so it's a, but it's, she's looking terrifying. She comes out looking terrifying. She had a match with, with happy to be here, Santana Garrett. Uh, who got some offense in, but Mercedes just basically beat her down. Santana Garrett would have been an even better Wonder Woman than Gal Gadot. She looks the Oh, part. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, 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 and don't sleep on Santana Garrett, guys. Nope. She's fantastic. She's ab- and, I, and I was, she was one of the most... I had a lot of hype around her signing and coming yeah. over from the Indies because, holy smokes, that girl's got talent. Yeah, the, the next Deanna Perazzo. Unfortunately, probably. Sorry. That's yeah. that's what she's looking like right now. Yep. Uh, whereas Mercedes Martinez looks like she might be a future champ. Possibly. Uh, that they, they gave her a, a major look here. So, uh, And she feels legitimate. She feels strong. So, yeah, liking what they're doing with Mercedes Martinez. Looking forward to seeing more. Also liking what they're doing with Bronson Reed, the thick boy, after uh, getting his butt kicked by Karrion Cross in a really fun match. This week had a match with Tony Nese. It was basically abs versus... No abs. Not abs. Six-pack six versus a keg, right. as they said on commentary. There you go. Uh, this, was a, this was also a fun match. As you said, Nick, no s- real story here. But I thought they did a lot with very little. I was entertained by this match as well. I'm loving what they're doing with Bronson Reed. He feels like, a f- he feels like um, if Otis had like a dark twin brother. Yeah. That's a good... Oh, man, that's a really good way to put it. You know, like yeah. evil Otis. Only he's not really evil. evil he's Otis. just like... He's like the dark, the dark half of Otis. That's funny. Another big thick boy who can who can who can have fun and go out there and have a little fun. Not quite as much fun as Otis because no one has as much fun as Otis. Oh yeah. But he's but but Bronson's very charismatic. He gets you invested in him, and he's athletic enough that you don't feel like 
he's out of shape, big. He's just a he's a big athletic boy. He thick. Um, he's thick. Yeah, but he's not like AC Romero at his worst. Right. Where no. you're just like, oh, right. oh, buddy. AC's on a AC's on a diet right now, man. AC lost a ton of weight. Good, Good for him. Good. But um, but yeah, I I thought this was cool too. Tony did a great job selling for Bronson. Bronson did a good job throwing Tony around. This was very fun. And the fact that they actually were willing to have Bronson have a get back match after carrying cross means they want to keep him strong. There's they've got something in mind for him. I don't know what, but they've been giving him does. some love. They've been giving him some love, so I'm not mad at that. Um also being getting getting a lot of TV time, Robert Stone, he was backstage thinking he was going to sign Shotzi Blackheart, who was polishing up her tank. Uh, that didn't go over so well. She quickly rejected him, and then he threw his water. Unfortunately, he threw it accidentally into the face of Killian Dane, who apparently is nowhere and everywhere at the same time. He's omniscient. He's never, like, we never see him have matches. He's never really around unless you throw water randomly behind you, and then he's standing three feet behind you. So he's a mogwai. He's he's Schrodinger's uh, Killian Dane. <laughs> he's we, he's there. Or he's, <laughs> he's 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 neither there is nor, he alive nor or is not he, there. He's both alive and dead at the same time. Right. Um, but he was there, so he beat up Robert Stone, put him down. Robert Stone, while lying on the ground, gets run over by Shotzi's little tank and and screams like he's getting run over by a real tank. Um, Brilliant. How long is this comedy thing with Robert Stone? Do you think it will have <laughs> legs? Oh, God. Um. Again, I don't should know. not this, have this been whole... on Great American Bash. Uh, you know, this is NXT TV fodder. Um, yeah. I, I, this I, was the one thing I was kind of scratching my head about, where I was just like, "All right, it's cute, I guess," and he's doing a good job selling here, but eh, I just eh. I, here's the death knell. I don't care. I just don't care. Yeah, yeah. And that was kind of the thing. I was like, "It's cute, but I don't care." Yeah. Right now, um, I, I love I, I love Shotzi. I love the tank. Uh, I'm happy for Aaliyah being sort of unburdened from Vanessa Bourne. She's improving. Yeah. You know, but And I'm seeing and whether or not that's anything to do with Robert Stone or not. She's getting into matches that are she's where she's on TV on a regular basis now and not just a job out to somebody else. Um, she's changed her look. She's working out. Like Aaliyah is on an upward path and an upward trend. I'm very excited that she could have something else in the tank that we didn't no existed or that we hadn't been shown yet. Um, Shotzi is, I mean, to the moon. But this whole Robert Stone thing and what Killian Dane has to do with it, I, I simply just don't care. I just, I'm not invested in any way, nor do yeah. I have any desire to, frankly. Well, maybe they can set something up next week that will maybe. explain it more and give us a hook. And this is just a setup for it. That's kind of what I'm hoping because other, other than that, this was just kind of silly fluff. Exactly. And that's all it was on a, on a show where we had probably one of the biggest events in NXT of the last year. Or so maybe in history. Uh, <laughs> that's just you're partial. But uh, Nick, that was not the only wrestling we have to talk about because uh, yes, there was a show from WWE last night, and we do need to talk about it because uh, that's that's how we heal from these things. So Nick, let's go over and talk about Friday Night SmackDown. <laughs> I'm he I'm hesitant to even put the SmackDown logo up on the screen because I'm not sure that oh, was actually an episode of SmackDown. It was definitely I an episode of SmackDown. And what's <sighs> what's crazy, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to jump in on you just real quick because I need you to think back a couple of years. 
this is how SmackDown was booked for a while. It's how Raw and SmackDown were. Like, this is how that felt, right? Do you remember feeling this way, like on a weekly basis? Not on a weekly basis, no. On a semi-regular basis. Sure. I'll go with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes, sure. Like, this, this is a show that reminded me the quality that they've been, relatively speaking. Oh, sure. For the last few months. And I, I would even say longer. I would say, I would say you're like, they, they've actually done a pretty good job of keeping things interesting and or entertaining for a while now. Now, obviously, everyone's got their own peccadillos. Everyone's got their own things that they like and don't like. And, and WWE is definitely not for everybody because it is a kid's cartoon of a wrestling show. Um, but the problem with last night's SmackDown was, and I think this is, this is my overall critique, and I'm curious what yours is, I felt that it was lazy. I felt that overall the booking was lazy. There was a lot of spinning wheels. There was a lot of, eh, let's just have this match because we're having something coming up at uh, Extreme Rules. And very little of it was creative, fresh, new, exciting. I can point to two things that I thought stood out as being fresh and new. And one of them was wildly cringy. And I, I still haven't decided if I liked it or not. Well, We're going to go through the I show know, in a second. Yeah, let's, uh, overall, you, you didn't miss anything if you didn't watch it. <laughs> so, come back for the go-home show for Extreme Rules next Friday. Because yeah. that's probably what they're... My interpretation of this was they had no idea what to do with this extra week between now and Extreme Rules. Like they, don't Everything's know, yeah. pretty much set for Extreme Rules. Well, what do we do next? I know... Yeah, yeah, I went out with the boys last week, did some karaoke. Let's do a karaoke tonight on... Yes, yeah, throwing things together. And and they, we even had what was supposed to be a tag team title match between Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro versus The New Day. That ended in a no contest. Uh, everyone jumped in the ring, and there got to be a big brawl. And then we ended up having uh, The New Day put through a table on the outside to close the show, which I think was their way of getting to the stipulation that we're going to have extreme rules. Hint, hint, wink, wink. And it, honestly, if anything the show did, it did establish Shinsuke and Cesaro as a legitimate threat to New Day. Okay, I, I don't see them winning the title still. I, I, they still feel like a thrown-together tag team. Yeah. I don't think that they accomplished fixing that problem. You mean like Shinsuke and Cesaro like when they first started too? Yeah, except that had more reason for them to be together. Sure. Um, sure. And even that never really... They, they eventually kind of got an entrance put together. Uh, so this is, yeah, like I get what they were going for here. I feel like they kind of accomplished it. The match was exciting. Everyone's a great worker. I'm looking forward to their match at extreme rules when they actually do like a proper pay-per-view quality match because God, everyone in this match can work like gangbusters. Um, but I, I, I what I, literally what I put in the note here was, is this a manufactured feud with enough talent involved to be watchable, but without enough heat to be interesting? And that's, I guess uh, it's a the answer is question. yes. <laughs> I guess it's a rhetorical question. Yes. Uh, let's talk about the fact that we had Bailey and Sasha versus Nikki and Alexa because, you know, if you've got a singles match coming up between a champion and a challenger, you have to have a tag match coming up where the one of them wins. Do you? <laughs> Sorry, Hashtag I had to. WW Logic. Uh, Kyle over in the in the, the tips. Thank you very much. Super chat, Kyle. Twenty bucks. Thank you very much. Thank you, Kyle. He says, it was lazy, and that goddamn karaoke segment disrespects those four talented women. 
set everybody back 15 years. Might as well be a bikini contest. Thank you. That before you look at how damaging it is to Lacey by nature of the turn. Now, we're getting ahead of ourselves here. We've got to talk about that karaoke segment later on. We'll get there, Kyle. In this segment. We're going, we're going to get there. Trust me. we got some, we got some things to say. we got some things to say about that. But uh, Try not to scroll down too far in the note. I almost did. <laughs> you guys don't know do why it. in a bit. Don't don't look at don't look at the Dominion stuff. Yep. Um, so Bailey and Sasha versus Nikki and Alexa. Uh, Nikki ends up eating a pin here in front of her match against Bailey. Probably going to be standing tall next week. It's just to me this was one hundred and one. This is this is WWE booking one hundred and one. Um, th- this is we've seen this for weeks now. This didn't change or advance anything. It just was. Until we was. start stop Becky Sasha again, for Bailey some Sasha. reason. Bailey Sasha. Sorry, Bailey yeah. Sasha. Bailey. Right. Yep. This was this was this was a time kill, and so we won't spend too much time on it, Nick. Let's talk about the fact that the show opened with Miz TV with Jeff Hardy on it. Uh, Miz and Morrison mocking Jeff Hardy for his past troubles with drugs and alcohol, albeit they were actually very humorous about it and they were very entertaining, but still kind of awkward. Mm. Uh, before they suggested that Jeff Hardy should have a bar fight with Sheamus at Extreme Rules. And uh, Jeff Hardy goes, well, that's a really good idea. Did, did uh, Sheamus put you up to that? And, of course, Miz and Morrison were like, no, 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 no. And Jeff Hardy's like, cool. Well, I, I came out here to be on the show, and I guess I ain't leaving until I beat someone's face in. So let's have a match, one of you guys, whoever, whatever. So we end up having a match with Jeff Hardy and The Miz, which was a fine. It was fine. It was what it was. It was just kind of there. It meant nothing. Sheamus is still sequestered. I don't know if it's because he tested positive or what the heck happened, but he hasn't, he hasn't been on the show. He's still hanging out at his bar, drinking Guinness. And uh, yeah, so we're going to have a bar fight between Sheamus and Jeff at Extreme Rules. Uh, Miz gets beaten clean by Jeff after kind of dominating for most of the match, which okay, it's a Jeff Hardy match. Um, I really don't have much more to say about this, Nick. It just nope. kind of was. It was more of the same Jeff Hardy stuff. I feel like Jeff has to do this every time he goes and falls off the wagon. He had to do it with CM Punk. Now he's doing it with Sheamus. Um, and it's just kind of like I know that they're trying to have this be a Jeff Hardy is a role model to everyone who's trying to, you know, get clean and sober. But it, it feels like WWE hanging him out there for some sort of penitence. Right. Let's have WWE teach people morals. Let, let's... <laughs> Because that's why I watch wrestling on Friday night at eight o'clock. Is, yeah, is for is for a moral imperative and lesson. Get out of here! No, this is so dumb. This week, I'm, on a I'm very over special, this. I'm just on a very special WWE SmackDown. Jeff Hardy goes into his troubles with drugs and alcohol. Next week, Jeff Hardy attends an AA meeting. And we WWE soon, yeah. WWE soon to have programming on Lifetime. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this I don't know the. All right, it's going to be a bar fight. That might be crazy fun. You know, it, it could be a fun match as long as I stop thinking about the fact that they're basically taking a guy who's trying to recover and shoving his attempt at recovery into his face over and over and over and over and over and over, and over again on TV in front of about a million people. I was about to say millions, but it's, w, it's modern WWE. They don't get that many people watching anymore. Uh, this is going to hurt, that, guys. All right, let's, let's talk about it. There was a karaoke competition between four talented female wrestlers. Uh, Naomi, 
Lacey Evans, Dana Brooke, and Tamina. Okay, three talented wrestlers. And Tamina. Um, no, Tom, come on. I'm busting Tamina's balls. Um, they had a karaoke t- contest with the... <laughs> Sorry. Calm, calm down. Shots fired. Uh, oh. I feel bad now. I feel bad. That was mean. Um, Accurate, but mean. Oh, come on. So Jey Uso is the host. So right off the bat, you knew who was going to win. But he's out there trying to be as over the top and as, as sell it as hard as possible. Uh, yeah, all right. So basically, they could only do songs that were entrance themes for WWE. So right off the bat, you're cutting the ladies off at the knees. Lacey Evans starts off singing Jeff Jarrett's With My Baby Tonight, which the original song makes me want to stab myself in the ears with ice picks. Uh, Lacey Evans doing it didn't help that any. No. We then had Dana Brooke come out and do Honky Tonk Man, and I think I thought she killed it. She had the moves. She, I mean, Honky Tonk Man's song was supposed to be obnoxious. She nailed that. She nailed it. She had the glasses. I thought Dana killed it, but Jay pulled her back halfway through the song. Like, no, nah, no, nah, man, you're terrible. You're terrible. And I was like, oh, come on. Oh, come on. She's fine. She's fine. She's fine. I felt like, uh, I felt like Mel, Mel Brooks in History of the World Part 1 when they see Gregory Hines dancing on the stage. Like, no, he's good. He's good. He's good. Uh, and then we had Tamina, who tried to do Triple H's The Game and didn't know the words and just started headbanging. So they pulled her back. And then, <laughs> and then we had Naomi come out. And I want to... Mm, she had the common man boogie, of course, Dusty Rhodes. And she used to be a backup dancer for Jay-Z. So right off the bat, you know she can perform. And she was out there dancing around in some crazy shoes, big old, big old platforms, doing some crazy moves. Kind of singing a song. She kind of she, she 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 nailed it. Of the four women, she definitely deserved to win, and she did. Which Lacey Evans didn't like. And then the, she attacked Naomi. Um, and we got to the, the the moment that was the best part of the segment, where Naomi just goes, "Oh, I know you didn't." Starts taking out her hoops, and they both start taking off their their shoes like they're gonna rumble. And Lacey starts trying to hit Naomi in the head with her heel, as you do if you wear heels. JB, I know you're out there somewhere agreeing with this. That was the best part of this. And then we end up having a Lacey Evans and Naomi match, which falls apart because Tamina and Dana Brooke get involved. Uh, and there's a big old woman scrum. No one was dressed to compete, which I thought was a, the, another good idea because it, made, it, it didn't foreshadow a match. So they were competing. Lacey, Lacey Evans was competing in a dress. Naomi was competing in a, in a bodysuit. Um, so that was, that, was, that was the segment. Nick, I'm going to give you the floor now because I can see you over there just twitching. And obviously everyone heard what Kyle was saying. And I, I, real quick, Chris, 1978, $5 in the Super Chat. Thank you very much, Chris. Thank you, Chris. He says, what the hell was this? Yes. Lol. Exactly. Nick, what did, what did you have to say about this? I, exactly what Chris just said. What the hell was this? <laughs> um, why the hell is Lacey Evans and Naomi... Is Lacey turning heel again? Have we just completely given up on something that we never really got off the ground in the first place? Did you not see the subtle, like this? there was a subtle message there. She took off her heels and was hitting Naomi in the head with her heel. A heel turn? She was a heel turn. It was a heel turn. Yeah. yeah, It was a, a, go with it. Come on. It was about as effective as the karaoke competition. Okay. Um, I, I have so much vitriol over the people in the back that put all these ladies up to this. Uh, 
Um, this was a horrible idea. This was not anything that's conducive. We're going back to Braun Panties matches at this point. This is the wow. kind of this is the kind of crap that you're going to air on SmackDown. No, thank you. I do not tune in to watch this kind of stuff. This is awful. Carry. There have been few exceptions where stuff like this has worked. The the New Day and the Usos having a rap battle surprised us all. We thought it yes. was going to be a train wreck. Surprised us all. This yes. there was no there was no misconception that this was it had any possibility of being anything but a train wreck. So my and and, and oh god, I'm at a loss for words. Lacey <laughs> Evans, you have so much potential. With Lacey Evans, you have so much potential. With Naomi, just incredible potential in those two ladies alone. Dana Brooke has come leaps and bounds. Tamina should be an enforcer, as she was with Nia Jax, and not be involved in doing stuff like this. Because, as you saw during the karaoke thing, she just didn't even try. So what, what's the point of this? What are you trying to get done and accomplish with this in your hour and 40 minutes of programming that you're putting in our eye holes? How, how does this build? Are we going to have a fatal four-way now? Was that a rhetorical question? Or you want me to answer that? No, I, I, don't, I, I, I don't want I have an answer for it. I don't want it. I have an answer for it. I'm going to give you an answer. I, I don't have a care <laughs> about this segment. Uh, they are making me tune out three of the... Three women that I think are incredibly talented, incredibly underused, and to highlight Bailey and Sasha and Nikki and Alexa. See, conversely, I think this segment was intended to show character in all these women who haven't really had enough time to get on TV and show their character, obviously with the exception of Lacey Evans. Um, They needed to show that Lacey was turning heel. So this was intended to show that these women have, they're more than just people that hang out backstage. And in that sense, honestly, I thought that this, there was moments in this that were fun. I agree. I don't like the concept of it. And I think that there's other, like this is a little divasy having the women out, women out there to kind of like strut around, except that this wasn't about showing off their bodies. This was showing off, you know, could they go out there and have fun in a segment like this? What does Lacey As Evans you, singing Jeff Jarrett's entrance song have to do with her in-ring ability? Or, nothing, but it ended up, but it ended up in a match. And the, and the fact that uh, it, 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 you built up the fact that she's now turning heel, which I don't agree with. And actually, I'm going to jump no. to line drive Kyle over here in the chat. $10, brother. Thank, thank you Kyle. very much. Says, somehow wasting six months of getting over a face turn of Lacey Evans was the least offensive thing about this segment. How? WTF. And Bruce hates this stuff. Just why? Um, I, I agree. I don't yeah. like the idea that they're wasting Lacey Evans as a face. Um, I, what I'm glad about is they're doing something again with Naomi. If you think back to the Royal Rumble and the pop she got, Naomi, they're sitting on a gold mine with Naomi and they're not mining it. Um, and having her and Lacey Evans have a feud... While mm, it could be bad optics in, from some angles, I, if it's giving both women some time on TV, th- and when they were tussling, they were throwing hands. In the match that they had, they were throwing hands, and I liked it. Um, if that's what we're building towards here, honestly, I'm going to say this. There are worse ways we could have gotten there. Um, this was cringy 
it certainly was not, as you said, on the level of like New Day and Usos, which when we heard about that, we had the same reaction of, oh, God, this is going to be terrible. And it wasn't. It was, it, it was slamming. But we remember that because it was the exception to the rule. And most of the time, these kinds of segments fall flat because it's not what we want to see on a wrestling show. It just seems like an arbitrary stunt that they're pulling. And it's silly. And it was. It was silly. But at the end of the day, they're, they're getting these women on TV and they're having them do something and they're heading into a match with it. And it wasn't demeaning in the way that a bra and panties match was or like some of the diva stuff where they had them come out and do like a, a fashion, like a ballroom gown competition, right? This wasn't just about them as bodies. This was about them having some sort of talent. I know what I'm... I'm <laughs> obviously, it wasn't really about that. But um, that, was, that was the impression they were trying to give. But it was a segue into a program. Yep. So if you want to take me into a Lacey and Naomi program, I'm into that. I'm into Lacey and Naomi having a program. Uh, it's too bad that Lacey's got to go heel. But if that's what we have to get to get Naomi a program, I think that's kind of what I'm, I'm leaning towards here is getting Naomi back on TV and utilizing her, I think, is a good call. Yeah. But I'd, I also want to just end by saying, I understand why everyone hated this segment as much as they did. I didn't hate it that much. I've seen so many worse segments. I've seen so many worse performers in those segments. This actually entertained me. It wasn't good, but it wasn't the worst thing that WWE's ever done by a long shot. I agree with that. A but long We're shot. supposed to be past all that, though. Are we? <laughs> I, what I, I want to get past SmackDown so we can go talk about something that's actually relevant. All so. right, all right. Well, we'll we'll stop we'll stop crapping on <laughs> we'll stop crapping on this segment because uh, yeah. It's, and I keep accidentally scrolling down in the note and it's scaring me. No, 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 no. Um, yeah, no. Uh, Brian in the chat said, "What does this do for Dana and Tamina?" Nothing. I mean, it's the most we've seen out of both of them since Tamina had her title shot, and it's most we've seen, most we've seen out of Dana in a while. Since Dana she beat was on Naomi. such a good tear there for a while. Yeah, she beat Naomi twice. And now this. But honestly, like, I was in, I was, I, the thing that sticks out of my head is Dana doing the, the honky tonk man yeah. uh, thing. Like, that sticks out of my head. It was entertaining. She was good. And for that alone, I had to sit there and think about this segment and go, well, I, she was entertaining. If I was someone who was, if I was a kid tuning in, I'd be like, <laughs> Dana Brooks, cool. She's funny. Or whatever, you know, she would stick in my mind. So, what does anything ever do for Tamina? That's why I throw back to that. Right. <laughs> Tamina is impervious to things happening for her. Um, all right, let's move on. Let's talk about yes, uh, Matt Riddle facing AJ Styles next week for the Intercontinental Championship. AJ was told that this week, and he's, huh, who's Matt Riddle ever beaten? Uh, y- you, AJ. Um, Sarah Schreiber said back to him sassily. AJ Styles versus Matt Riddle for the IC title. Next week, already sounds to me like a sounds to me like a schmoz finish, and we're getting the actual match at Extreme Rules. Yep. Unless we're having it happen again, where AJ always has to defend or go for the IC title on the day before a pay per view, because he did that with Daniel Bryan too. Right. Um, but again, are we going to have Matt Riddle lose this quickly? And if so, what does that say about his push? Why even have him have this match like week two? Week three. I'm, I'm curious where they're going with it. Like, I'm very what? curious where they're going. It could yeah. be good. It could be a really good idea. The Obviously, match itself AJ... is going to be amazing. Those two locking horns, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Lights out kind of match, but putting him in a title match at a Extreme Rules pay-per-view, like month one? Come on, man. That's not going to do him any good. 
nor is it good for. I mean, it, I, I don't think he's going to take it off of AJ. I don't know. I, I don't I know don't, anything not, not anymore. This but I, this this episode of SmackDown just really messed me up, man. <laughs> it, it just it really well, messed me up. Let's get on out of here then, because uh, they had two segments they used to reshow the entire Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt match from Backlash. Instead of having any segment with Braun Strowman or Bray Wyatt, we get to watch that match again, which shows you what a create like how creatively bankrupt SmackDown was this week. And that's really the only thing I can use for it was it, it was it felt lazy, it felt creatively bankrupt. It was not a good SmackDown. No, obviously everyone worked their ass off, and I feel like a lot of the performers showed up completely game to do everything, but. I think they were failed by creative this week, unfortunately. Nick, it is time. Oh, boy. Let's head over. Let's discuss what happened over across the sea in New Japan. So before you get started, Sir Ian Dangerous, I have to yes. disclose to everyone here, and please, for the sake of everyone mm -hmm. in chat, chat... If they have not seen it, because it just happened this morning. Last night. Oh, this morning. I was up till Hour, wee hours out. ago. Yes. 24 hours so spoiler <laughs> rule still in effect. However, Ian's getting ready to do it. But I'm a spoil. Uh, we're a not spoil. posting this episode till later tonight. So whatever. Yeah. Uh, for those of you live, I have not seen it yet. So nope. I am going to take one for the team and get spoiled. Yes. You, you all are, if you I don't have, mind. Ian has blacked it out in my note. I don't want you to know. He doesn't want me to know what happened until he no. tells me. So you guys are yes. going to get a live reaction here. I have not seen this episode yet. I tried to stay up. I made it till about 3.15 in the morning, and then I was <laughs> done. And there was no Ooh. way I was going to make it for a four-hour show or however long it was. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I had a hard time. It was three hours. I had a hard time. Actually, no, it was about... It was about two, three hours. I, I had, I had a hard time too because <laughs> basically the entire show was a bunch of was like the greatest hits of the tag matches of the whole New Japan Cup. They didn't advance any storylines they hadn't already established. <laughs> right. Like yes, we know Tanahashi's leg is is being targeted by Zack Saber Jr. and Taichi. Yes, we know that Bushi and Tanahashi have a tag title match against those two guys at Dominion. Great. That wasn't advanced anymore. They went for Tanahashi's leg again. We know that Sho and Shingo Takagi have been butting heads for the entire tournament. They butted heads again. Ooh. Nothing was advanced with that. The only thing that really happened on the show besides the main event was Master Wato, newly returning. Uh, <laughs> Master Wato had a match against Doki. Um, Doki. <laughs> poor Doki. Sure. And uh, Doki. And honestly looked really good wow like the gimmick is goofy as hell my dude wato looks like uh <laughs> he still looks like a child he's a puffy face kid goofy dorky looking dude but then again okada has looked dorky as well he looked dorky when he came back so <sighs> I, I can't get behind master wato yet but damn he looked good in this match the dude's finishing move is a spiral tap and he did it perfectly. It was a perfect spiral tap. That's tough. So it's a hard move. So props for props are due. Master Watto wrestled good. I was going to say looked good, but he didn't look good. He's wrestled good. <laughs> um, but, of course, the main point of last night's show was the New Japan Cup final. Evil somehow sneaking through to the finish by using dastardly moves the entire cup including using chairs and low blows on his own brother from Los Ingobernables de Japón, metaphorical brother, uh, Sonata, 
So he gets to the final. He's been he's been using whatever dastardly means necessary. But he's from Los Ingobernables. They do that. Yep. It's to be expected. It was it was a little bit jarring because he really did go hard on Sonata, but everyone in Los Ingobernables forgave him. They're like, hey man, it's all right. Because at the end of the day, we want Evil to win because he'll if he's challenging Naito, that's fine. Naito doesn't mind losing to another brother from Los Ingobernables because the belts stay in Los Ingobernables. That was basically Naito's point. Yeah. However. They'd been building this match up as being Okada's redemption story. So coming into this match, the real story was, hey, evil's a threat to Okada getting his redemption back. And that was the big story that they were telling. So it made it look like Okada was going to have his rematch against Naito right away because he had to redeem himself from losing the belt to Wrestle Kingdom to Naito. So that was the story we were getting. Evil looking like a huge underdog coming into this. And I mean, he's never really been a main eventer, Evil. He's always been no. kind of an almost... Even Sonata, who I picked to go all the way this year, Sonata has more history with Okada. Well, they have a long-standing rivalry. That match they had at the G1 last year was brilliant. Oh, that was lights out. <sighs> Down to the last second. Oh, that was a good match. Might have been the, one of the best matches of the G1. Um, so he's got more history with Okada. Yep. So Evil Okada was not an exciting main event. The idea of Evil winning was less enticing than Okada because Okada has history with Naito, and they built up this whole thing. So we have this nicely worked match. Evil comes out strong uh, against Okada in the, in the beginning. And at of course, at a certain point, Okada starts overwhelming him. So Evil starts getting dirty. Chairs start coming into play. Uh, but o Okada ultimately overwhelms Evil. Evil can't withstand Okada. It's just because it's freaking Okada. And Evil's not on his level. And Okada starts choking out Evil in the, camp, in the, the Cobra Clutch. Evil won't go to sleep, so Okada picks him up. Two Rainmakers in a row puts him back down in the camel clutch, and Evil goes to sleep. And as the ref is about to call for the bell, frickin' Gato comes out of the back, distracts Red Shoes. Red Shoes goes and handles him. Okada still got the hold on. Evil's passed out. Yoshinobu Kanemaru comes out the other side of the ring, kicks Okada in the back. Uh, excuse me, not, it was um, uh, Yojiro. Yojiro comes out, puts the finishing move on Okada. Okada's out. Evil's out. The ref gets back to the ring. What's going on? Evil gets back to his feet first, tries to put Okada down. Okada won't go down. Evil knocks out the ref. Low blow to Okada. Ref gets back up. Darkness falls. Low blow. When I say low blow, he had Okada's legs out like a, like a, like a pair of chicken wings, and he stomped on his, on his Rainmakers. It was an absolutely <laughs> brutal low blow. He stomped the crap out of his Rainmakers. Um. Uh, Darkness Falls. Sorry, everything is evil. We gave him Darkness Falls early in the match. Everything is evil. One, two, three. Evil through nefarious means. The help of Gato and Yujiro Takahashi and a stomp to the Jubilees beats Okada to win the New Japan Cup. What? And he caught first thing he does, he's like, that's the audience is kind of like, uh, boo. There was booing from the crowd because of the dirty way that he won. Everyone's kind of like, oh, evil wins, and, and he doesn't not clean. He's got to face Naito. Uh. So evil gets on the mic and says, All right, you know what's happening next. Naito, come on out. So Naito comes out with his, both his belts, smiling because his brother. That's right. All right, puts him, gets in the ring, lays the belts down. He says, All right, evil. At least the belts will stay in Los Angeles de Japón. You've earned it. Way to go, dude. I guess we're going to have to fight. And he puts up his fist. Evil goes to put up his fist. 
And right before he hits fists, turns it into a two-sweep. And then everything is evil on Naito. Naito's laid out, and all of Bullet Club comes out to celebrate because evil has turned and joined Bullet Club. The beatdown begins, and evil leaves with Bullet Club, throwing the two-sweep on his way out. And the audience was livid. Oh, can you imagine that in the... It- it, it, it just because uh, Carrick and Hall or just a be Osaka, Osaka, Osaka Joe. Joe Hall. Just good Lord. Oh, that place would have erupted. And, it, and, and frankly, it's one of those. It's the best possible outcome of all of the outcomes. I'm, I'm actually very happy about this outcome. It's the best possible outcome. It's and it's one of the things that we speculated could happen. It's. Uh, it, I said I didn't think it would because I. I just. I couldn't see evil. Like it. It's. Ingobernables is such a small faction to begin with. Um, Bullet Club totally outnumbers them now, but this is the best thing for evil. He's just been so kind of there for the last few years. Now evil is, is exciting, and he's been for the most part a face. Like you know, Los Ingobernables, they're kind of tweeners. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they. They're not. They don't necessarily play by the rules they're kind of dicks but they're not bad and frankly guys. since the elite have left it's pretty much just been jay white until kenta obviously showed up well, after kenta. the g1 yeah. um, oh god you know th- you that was an evil, interesting run evil and kenta forming a tag team oh god uh, uh, uh. so no this leaves a lot of possibilities for evil and now he's actually evil He's actually evil. He's not just evil by name, and he's kind of a dick in the ring. No, now he's gone evil. Mwah. The only person I worry for is uh, Milano Collection AT, who was crying after this match. That's the announcer, by the way. This is the announcer who's always holding up the evil merchandise and like worshiping evil. Right. He actually broke down in tears after this match because evil betrayed him, <laughs> which is great stuff. Uh, so, yeah, this... That's okay, awesome. good. Uh, let me now let we me have a story. Let me, let me react a little bit. Um, good. They didn't just set Okada yeah. back up for Naito. Awesome. No, we can good. wait for that. Uh, good. We didn't just have Evil go over Okada for no reason and then, with no yeah, story. Lij versus Lij and Dominion. Yeah. Okay. Uh. I'm sure nope. it would have been a good match. We've seen Evil Naito before, but it's always trust Gato. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the mastermind does it again. Line drive, Kyle, four ninety nine. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. He says Evil and EO are about to be wrestling's true power couple. Wish they saved the turn for Dominion, though. Uh, they already are the power couple, but uh, uh, especially if, if Evil wins one of these belts, I don't think he's gonna. But you never know. That could be I crazy. Don't I don't know. Um, I, but I don't think they should have done the turn at Dominion because they needed a story going into it. Now we have heat coming into this match. They had to do it here because otherwise we'd be going in this match not excited about it. Right. Yeah. They, now I'm excited for this match. Right? They did it at the perfect... Like, all, we only had to wait one day. So I, I understand why you think it, like, it might be better after the match, but now this match is going to be hot fire. Because Naito's going to come into this like, one, what, why? Why did you do this? You've got all a Bullet Club ringside that could come out and interfere with the match. Like now, you have a ton of story going into Dominion. If you had to wait for Dominion to have to to have the turn, you wouldn't have had any of the story. All of this stuff that's that's going around in the fans' minds, it's it wouldn't have been there. So no, there was this was I thought this was perfect timing, 
And the way that it went down was mwah, yeah, I can't mwah, wait to watch going it later. up with the fist, the fist bump, and just turns it the last second into the the uh, too sweet, and then immediately into the the everything is evil finisher. So if uh, if any of you have not watched it yet, they might be here live or that are listening later. Uh, for whatever reason, it, after I get the show put up tonight, I'm going to go immediately go and watch it. Um, I'll be in the Discord chatting. So if anybody hasn't seen it, probably about 10 o'clock Eastern tonight. I'll, I'm going to go back and watch it when Kevin Kelly's calling it, too. Oh, yeah. I, that's a good point. I might actually wait the more I think yeah. of it. No, I can't wait. I want to see the match. I want to see how it went down. Uh, for those of you asking in the chat when it's in English, usually a couple of days. They have to send yeah. it out to Kevin Kelly. He has to record it and get it back to them, and they have to then you know do all the processing. So yeah. usually three two, or four two, days, days probably. Early next week, it'll yeah. be up. Yeah. Um, this one, so they yeah, might fast it. track, though, uh, Tonight, honestly. yeah, well, maybe. Yeah, get it out for tonight. Uh, tonight, Dominion is happening. There are only three major matches on the card. Uh, Shingo versus Sho for the Never Open Openweight Championship. Tanahashi and Ibushi versus Sabre Jr. and Taichi for the Heavyweight Tag Team Championship. And, of course, as we know now, Evil versus Naito for both the Intercontinental and the Heavyweight Championships. Naito, of course, the other double champ in wrestling right now mm. besides Bailey and Keith Lee. If you had told if me I, that the, a year ago that the yeah. tag team match for the for the tag team championship at Dominion would be Tanahashi Ibushi versus Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi, I probably would have smacked you and told you you were crazy. That's nuts. If, you, if a year ago you I'd have told you that Bailey, Keith Lee and Naito were going to be the three double champions in the world. I could have believed that. I yeah, but I mean like what weird world is this? Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd have told myself 2020 is a wild year. Just dear, brace yourself. Dear future self. Dear future self. 2020, brace for 2020. is going to be interesting. <laughs> bend you over like you're in the shower in a jail cell. All right, <laughs> let's tow over. Nick, that was Dominion. That's happening tonight. Uh, so looking forward to that. I'll be checking that out later this evening. But uh, that is the wrestling right there, brother. I, I guess yeah. it's time for us to go and uh, do that thing. You know that thing? You mean the the thing where we play... I mean, yes, we could do that too. Oh, but, no, uh, oh that, not that. Okay, no. Do you want to talk uh, about our moment of positivity? That's right. The moment of positivity. The moment where we talk about the thing that happened this week in wrestling that mm. we particularly enjoyed, that made us happy, that, get, that put a smile on our face, of fuzzies in our tummy. That, uh, that we can leave the show on a positive note, on an up note, go back into the world with a smile on our faces. Nick, what was your moment of positivity for this week? As if there was any doubt. I knew you were going to steal it. That's it's fine. It's not it's stealing fine. it. It's okay this week for us both to have the same thing. Can we? Can we, can we both do the same thing? Oh, man. I mean, we could, we could say the tag match on AEW. We could say evil turning evil was a great moment. Um, we could see the karaoke competition on SmackDown. No. 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 no we, all right. No. Uh, really, as a matter of fact, Brian team. Duncan in the chat said our mop song that we, that is off, that's out of sync because we're across the country is better than that karaoke <laughs> competition. Uh, no, uh, obviously it's Keith Lee. Just be glad we don't try to sing with my baby tonight. Just be glad we don't try to do that. I feel like uh, we have been on this sort of hype train of Keith Lee for the last two years coming up through PWG, taking the title off of Chucky e. T, the matches with Valter, 
the uh, appearance in NXT, the matches with Dijak, the other matches with Dijak, and even more matches with Dijak. And then now we've gotten to this where he won the North American Championship. Yeah. And now it's just this, and the moments at Survivor and like Series, the, and the moments at the Royal Rumble, and now yeah. finally, finally, this moment that of yep. all moments of Adam Cole, one of the, the longest reign in NXT history, not one, but two championships at the Great American Bash. I mean, somebody stop me, because Jesus Christ, I am all aboard the Keith Lee hype train right now. For the last two years, and it—I don't sure. think it's stopping anytime soon. Yeah, no, it's—it's it's always nice when the guys that you that you want to root for, that you're a fan of, uh, you know, that when they get the nod. And this is an example of a guy that you know you and I have been very high on for a long time, Nick, as as we said, um, getting his. Yeah, and it's it's great to see, and obviously, you know, as fans of of him as a wrestler and as a, as a human being, it's it's a wonderful thing to see, and especially in this way. And on this level. Yeah. So, yeah, that's really all we can say. I mean, yeah, obviously we're biased. We love us some Keith Lee. We always have. We've never we've made that clear on the show. <laughs> but it's nice to see uh, our, our boy get his. Uh, it was some great moments after that as well. Like if you check it out on YouTube, uh, Adam Cole stands up and they shake hands. Um, you know, still kind of in kayfabe. Keith gets the the point from Triple H. Dijak comes out, gives him a big old hug from behind. Mia Yim comes out. So it's a, a bunch of great moments beyond what we saw on TV. So. I want to read something else uh, that Kyle just put in the chat, too. It's worth noting and recalling again that uh, the 15-year grind, he was once homeless living in his car, a truly defining limitless both outside and inside the ring and being the champ for today. Uh, Killer Tim Brooks will be proud. Yeah. Yeah. I can't follow that. That's per- well Congratulations, said. Keith, on your journey, man. And it's and the funny thing is, is it it feels like it's just getting started. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? That's, That's the, the scary crazy part. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I remember watching him in Reseda with the stickers on his trunks because he couldn't right. afford to get wrestling gear. He bought a pair of like a, sort of like white speedos and put. Those letters you get to put on your mailbox, the stickers to spell your last name out for your—that's what Keith Lee had on his trunks at PWG and in, in Reseda yep. at the American that was three Legion. Years, three years three, ago, twenty seventeen, just three years ago, guys. Yeah, having a five-star match. Yeah, in a yeah. sweat box oh. in Reseda. It's—it's—I—I I literally have tingles. I'm so excited for Keith. I—that is absolutely hands down my moment of positivity. I don't think there's yep. any. Uh, it just it does, nothing could top that this week. Well, fantastic. Let's let's leave it with that. Let's leave it with Kyle's wonderful words as well. And uh, yeah, that's the show. Boom. Well, thank you very much, guys, for joining us. Especially shout out to everybody in chat that joined us live. Thank you guys for hanging out with us for the last couple of hours. But don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back after a short break with a new stream doing our patron mailbag episode number forty. We've been doing this forty weeks. I guess we started at the beginning of December. We lined it all up with dynamite and. The new NXT going live and all of that stuff, right? Our, our The new era of BWO started at the same time, but 40 weeks now. We're 40 weeks into the Patreon mailbag, and I got to say, we love doing it every single week. You guys bring the questions. Mm. We love doing it. Amen. If you'd like to get yours in, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for just that $5 tier. $5 a month. Just $5 a month. You get access to ask questions every single week. Uh, right here on the Patreon mailbag show on Saturdays, normally around 5 p.m. Eastern, which is where we're at right now. 
Uh, but come over and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. Make sure you get into the Discord community. That is the place to be. All of these things, you can find links down in the description below or pinned across our social media profiles. Uh, subscribe here on YouTube. Make sure you got your notifications set to all. We've had a lot of people talking about not getting mm-hmm. notifications from YouTube. Also, if you're in the Discord, you'll get notifications from Discord because I've got all that stuff linked. So a lot of people say they get more not- better notifications from Discord than actual YouTube, which is <laughs> funny and ironic in says, a weird way. Come on, Google. Get, get your shit together. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll be back uh, in a few minutes with the patron mailbag. My name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Surrey and Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Surrey and Dangerous. But by God, would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.